Well, hey there, and welcome to Create Yourself. What's up, y'all? <laughs> it's been quite a while, many, many months. A lot has gone down. A lot of traveling, moving to Denver, getting my dream apartment, um, training for Ninja. Uh, branched away from my good friend Hugh Zhang and went off to create my own amazing life. And uh, one of those things is I've created the most amazing romantic relationship I could have ever dreamed of and uh, manifested my dream girlfriend and future wife in the woman sitting next to me who's my guest today, Miss Michelle Garabito. Hey, Michelle. Hello. There's that sexy voice. <laughs> I wish y'all could see the smile, the hair. She's just glowing. Oh. Today we were at the beach and I was just like, you are glowing right yeah. now. It wasn't just like, it was just like the energy. You could mm. see it. Mm. Um, it's just everything I do with here is such a blessing. I'm so grateful to have her in my life. And God truly sent me an angel to watch over me <laughs> in human form. Mm. With the, and uh, I feel like everything that I've done in my life has been to lead up to this moment, to create this relationship, to be who I am mm. so that I can be the man she needs and for her to be who she is so that she can be the woman I always dreamed of. Mm. And I'm just so excited for all the fun stuff we're going to do. <laughs> of course, a big part of today is going to be around the healing we're going to do mm. from our past and letting it go and mm. helping others in that same healing mm. and letting it go is to move forward towards the future of what we're going to create. And man, is it going to be big, mm. obviously, in terms of such things as this podcast, mm. um, the school that I'm fundraising to build in Guatemala that Michelle has helped me with. We've mm. raised over $20,000 yes. now. Yeah. We're more than halfway towards uh, the goal that we need for the school. Um, we put a virtual 5K together yeah. that raised over $3,000. Uh, man, we're going to do so many businesses together and so much traveling. Mm. Um, my dream apartment, the lease ends at the end of August. And uh, I'm really thinking uh, when it ends to, uh, um, to become a nomad <laughs> and uh, just start traveling the world, me and Michelle. And it's just so exciting. It's so amazing how the old me is just fading away mm. just now we're in florida and i went walk down this main street that i've walked down every year for the last few years and the first few years i was in that party state where all i wanted was you know you know the most beautiful woman fun for one night get <laughs> drunk eat good food make lots of money drive nice cars and it's just so amazing how things have shifted i walked by and this is not from a place of judgment this is just from a place of does this vibe fit me anymore? Mm. And it just doesn't. It doesn't interest me. That lifestyle doesn't interest me anymore. Mm. Of course, do I want nice things? Sure. But do I need them? No. Mm. Do I want to have fun? Of course. Do I need to get drunk and go out with different girls every night to have fun? No, I don't. You know, to me, my vibe is I want to be by the beach in nature. <laughs> and it's just amazing to see that shift and all the challenges that I had to go through that I'm so grateful for and I wouldn't change a one because it made me who I am today which is who I needed to be to manifest this woman and as you'll hear from Michelle she needed to go through what mm. she needed to do to be who she is today for this to work and that's why it's such a beautiful thing us coming together and it's so much bigger than us this this talk I mean it's late at night we're tired we could go to bed we don't need to do this this isn't for us mm. um, yes it will be very beneficial and talking about some things and doing some healing and letting some things go which is wonderful, and it's for all of you listening. Um, if you can relate to our story in any way, I hope it helps you. And if you can't relate to our story, you know maybe you can relate to some part of it, mm -hmm. and uh, that can connect with you, and you can vibe with something. And you know my favorite quote is "My life is my message" by Gandhi, and 
my strongest belief is the best thing I can do for anyone out there to help them grow and heal and overcome is to just grow and heal and overcome myself right. and to become better every day and to live a life that inspires people. So mm -hmm. that's why we're here and that's why we're excited. And the whole point of this, yes, is to share this love story that we've created. And before we can even get to what our relationship is like, I think it's important to understand where we came from. Right. I don't know if it's necessary for us to share our entire story. Um, I think uh, it's important, you know, both of us, you know, for you guys to understand how we connected <laughs> and how we got to know each other, I think is very interesting and how even though we knew each other and it, we could have had the possibility of dating earlier, it wasn't meant to be and it, sh and, and it didn't need to be. Mm. We had to go grow individually mm. on our own paths mm -hmm. and then come and meet. It's all about timing. That's what I realized. Like you yeah. can meet the right person, but if the timing is not right, it's not going to work. Right. And uh, it's interesting throughout the years, I, I, I even in February, I think, <laughs> did a, 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 a angel card reading with my friend Jamie. And she and I asked, like, you know, my future partner, you know, what, what's going on with her? And she and and Jamie goes, oh, she's not dating anybody right now. She's just working on herself, you know, to prepare for you. Hmm. And I was like, I didn't know who it was at the point time. And I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> and it's just I'd heard that quote many times It's like, you know, as I'm preparing for myself, my future wife is out there preparing for me. And it's, yeah. that feels very much what we've created and what yeah. it's been. Yeah, definitely in February, I was definitely working on myself. Definitely was not thinking about dating or or manifesting a future husband. I never even said those that word out of my mouth. So yeah. Jamie was 100% right. <laughs> Your future wife was definitely not dating, looking, or even thought that this was even possible. So mm. it's very interesting how that worked. So yeah, I mean, it, for those of you that don't know, many of you do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, both me and Michelle, uh, Michelle and I were in a network marketing business mm -hmm. uh, together. A very large company we're not gonna name any names or any people in here um, we because it's not about that it's right. not about them or the companies it's right. about helping people heal that's right. the whole point of what we're doing this um, so a very very large successful network marketing company and within that we were in a very very large education system the largest in it mm -hmm. uh, made up in you know tens of thousands hundreds of thousands I don't know all over the world um, training and educating people on how to be successful in building the network marketing business which uh, for those of you that don't know what network marketing is um, a lot of them people don't know that a lot of money is made from the training and education and it took many years for us to realize mm -hmm. that a majority of the income is coming from the training education <laughs> not from the actual network marketing business which is a sales business not mm -hmm. a recruiting business mm -hmm. um, anyway just to preface that <laughs> Um, I got started at 18 years old, uh, young, fresh, you know, in college. I, I had been a, a science student, overachiever, um, did not like myself, did not love myself. Mm. I went to the number one party school in the nation. I wanted to have fun. You know, I wanted to, but really I just wanted acceptance and love from others because mm. I wasn't getting it from myself. Right. And so when I got connected um, with... Uh, a uh, young Chinese gentleman, uh, <laughs> Mr. Hu Zhang, the one who was in my previous episodes. Uh, check out those episodes because uh, you'll understand really deeply my experience in network marketing from that, as well as Hugh's. Um, uh, I connected with him completely randomly, um, got introduced to this amazing team, got connected uh, with some amazing, amazing people. And uh, there's one gentleman that entered my life that I will mention, Mr. Mr. Elliot. 
who is a light, a being of light mm. that just loved people so strongly. And for someone who didn't love myself, he really impacted me. Mm. And I never cared about the money or the recognition. That was not what I got in. I got in because I wanted that love. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, uh, when Elliot fell apart and he left the business team or he was kicked out, yeah. um, he uh, that love disappeared and I've been searching for it ever since mm. and it's so beautiful because the journey of the last few years has been me being learned me learning how to love myself mm. and I had to learn that before I could allow Michelle to love me right because it doesn't work that way <laughs> I can't come in and say Michelle love me right all right I my last relationship was like that it was a wonderful experience with a wonderful lady mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't love myself and so she loved me dearly with mm. everything and because of that she owned me mm. because she could get me to do what she wanted to do because she had the thing I wanted which is love and that doesn't work wow. so, so can anyway you share from a man's perspective I know you're gonna do it but I think it's so important because a lot of our listeners and a lot of my audience they have heard me talk about self-love from a woman's perspective and if you see a lot of Post a lot of people mostly it's mostly women that talk about self-love and that self-healing journey so I'm so excited for you guys to hear Paul's self-love and self-healing journey as a man from a man's perspective because if you if you ever if any men out there ever want to attract a strong independent focused women which I know a lot of men do right a lot of men want to create that beautiful romantic relationship you have you have to go through a self-love and a self-healing journey and i i just feel like i never thought that that was even a thing for a man to go through i i've seen it with women but i never thought that a man goes through a self-healing and a self-love journey and hearing paul's self-love journey just makes me fall in love with him more and more every day because i see the way that he loves himself even today and hearing his story of what he had to go through to get to where he is today to to be the man that he is who can look at himself in the mirror and love himself you know be so on top of his routines and his rituals and his prayers and his meditation and his reading and he's just so on it every single day crushing anything that paul touches just explodes with so much prosperity because of how much he loves himself so i really want you to really dig deep on like your self-love and self-healing journey for men and for women number one for men because i just feel like there's a lot of men out there who just don't know what that self-love and self-healing journey looks like so obviously not everybody's self-love and self-healing journey is going to look the same but i can't wait for men to hear yours and for women it's important that when you are manifesting a romantic relationship for yourself it's important to make sure that that man has gone through that journey and do not rush his journey because you will be in a very difficult relationship if that per if that man doesn't love himself. Yeah. So I can't wait for you to share that, babe. It's going to be really good. So. Along the way, the one of the worst nightmares I had was to enter a romantic relationship from a place where I didn't love myself. Mm. Obviously, I experienced that, and it was that last relationship that I realized right. I have to step back, mm. and I'll get into it. It's like yeah. I that's why I didn't date at all for years, and I was celibate for years after that because yeah. I said. This is on me. I got it. There's something I need to change before I can move forward again, before I can attract something that works. Mm. Um, I think a big reason why you're emphasizing men is I think a lot of men don't get in touch with their emotions mm -hmm. and with their feminine side because mm. they think that's weakness. Mm. And I just, and I used to think that that's right. weakness. And mm. I used to doubt myself 
and feel bad and think less of myself. And especially in that organization that we were in, it was all about most of the time, I'd say, is the alpha male, mm. right? The yeah. one who doesn't think about emotions, doesn't yep. care if they're hurting people, um, but just, you know, a tyrannical force of hard work, get doing whatever they have to do, you know, just making it happen, and then pretending to care, mm-hmm. pretending that they're in touch with their emotions, you know, learning to smile. Like some of my mentors actually had to learn to smile, learning to cry, you know, putting on this, you know, performance as if they care with their people. And they may say they do, but their actions show differently. Hmm. Um, And I always felt out of place in society, you know, even as a kid, I felt that way. And then in that organization, same thing, because I just, I never felt, I felt, I've always, it's not like a choice. I've just, I've always been in touch with my emotions. Hmm. The thing is, I've always covered them up. And Hmm. so as a kid, my solution was to watch movies, play video games, eat food, cover up all these emotions I didn't know how to deal with, which I think a lot of guys, girls too, especially guys don't want to talk about mm. their emotions. For me, it's not I didn't want to talk about it necessarily. It's just at a young age, I created this habit of not talking about it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not allowing myself to feel emotion or cry, you know, and um, and being spoiled as a kid and always getting what I wanted and taking mm. the easy way out. And I needed to have that experience. And so, you know, yeah, it, it's it's been a challenge and I always felt alone and it was always so frustrating because it's it is true that that most strong men do not have a touch with their emotions mm-hmm. and i always felt that disconnect i'm like i'm a i can't i be a strong man and also be connected with my emotions mm. and in that environment it felt like no mm. it felt like no that's a woman thing <laughs> you know go sell some products and touch with your emotions <laughs> right if you're going to be a man you're going to go out there you're going to recruit yeah. All right and you're you're gonna you know you know do whatever you got to do to get things done mm. and that just wasn't me anyway um so i mean that's like a picture of me as a child you know right. growing up in rural white america wealthy area you know great loving parents both working me and my brother always fighting and <laughs> um just i got whatever i wanted and um i was lazy and I brought that entitled energy into college and I didn't do well in college and I I got kicked out a semester of school because I wasn't doing well even when I was in business Mm -hmm. Um, and when I got started in business it was addicting it was like giving an alcoholic unlimited alcohol because it was giving somebody who was addicted to um, wanting to be lazy Mm. and wanting to feel better than everybody else Mm. and also wanting the recognition and the (laughs) love bombing as you call it and getting it all the time so I was doing terrible in school but thinking I'm better than my professors better than all my students I'm using my parents to pay my tuition but I'm not doing anything but I'm building this business and I'm going to be a millionaire so it doesn't matter Mm. just a terrible terrible mindset and it's so unfortunate that they allowed that mindset to continue I so wish, I so wish they could have said, hey, go do well in school and then build your business. Mm. Because then I could have set a right example. Then I could have come out of school and said, look, this business helped me do this. Mm -hmm. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. You know, they were doing what they had to do. I just wish they had taken the time to think, this is a young kid who is pretty lost. Mm. Like, let's let's help him a little bit. Uh, Elliot was the only one who did. And unfortunately, when he left, you know, no one else filled that void. And I realized it was truly a business, not a family, as mm-hmm. I was told. <laughs> anyway, um, I built the business, had a lot of success at a young age, got a lot of recognition. Um, 
got to travel to the Caribbean, built a huge business there, got to impact people, always loved it. Um, and throughout that time, I just, I was an overweight, still watching lots of movies. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't happy at mm. all. Um, I started seeing somebody down in Jamaica off and on. Um, I, you know, had off and on relationships in the U.S. Um, you know, my first, you know, my first few relationships were all people in my business team. And I kind of had to keep it on the down low, mm-hmm. uh, which was weird, <laughs> you know, and I had no confidence. I remember my first real girlfriend. I just, you know, I mean, the first person, the girl I ever saw, she had to make the move. And the first girl I ever went out with, it's like I just waited and waited for her to make a move because I was too afraid to make a move. I just yeah. had no confidence, mm-hmm. which is amazing for somebody who supposedly had had a lot of success in a business. Right. I still had no confidence. I just had worked hard. Mm. Um and uh as that journey progressed you know it's kind of like they say like give somebody everything they've ever wanted and then take it away Mm. i got all that recognition and a young age and money blew all the money Mm. i was just terrible stuff you know taking you know taking money that my parents had given me for the tuition and 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 taking that money and using it to gamble and do drugs alcohol and and then go to the meetings and pretend like everything's okay and i was just totally unhappy and this was out in the Midwest. And then after I somehow, finally, after six years and multiple semesters taken off, I finally graduated college. Mm-hmm. I moved back in. The first thing, oh, let me move back in with my parents because I didn't want to pay rent. <laughs> I want them to take care of me. Took a year off, didn't get a job, was super lazy, just getting high all the time, wasn't doing anything. I mean, and uh, um, and then as soon as my brother moved back in, he was this reality check because he calls me out on my shit. Mm. Um, as shout much out, as I don't like it. Shout out to Brad. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as that happened, I moved back to the Midwest because I, I didn't want to deal with it. I wanted to run away, you know, and that's fine. I needed to do that at the right. time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just be alone. And, and I did. I moved in with a, into a basement with mold in it and I had wow. to paint the walls and <laughs> fill in holes. I was paying like $250 a month in rent. Wow. <laughs> I could live off of not. I mean, I didn't need a job. Either. Yeah. And then I got my dream job in 2014. When I got fired from that, it changed my life. I just went in this spiral in 2015 and moved back in with my parents again. And, um, you know, I, I, and, and that's around at that time, whenever I was in New York, I would go to meetings in New York mm-hmm. and, uh, that's when I would meet Michelle, <laughs> you know, obviously she was a lot lar- larger back then. She was always a big deal and always smiley and happy. And I always thought she was a great human being that I wanted to get to know. Uh, and I wasn't allowed to, you know, it just didn't work. We were in different teams. It's like, you know, being in different mafia families, you're not allowed to, you know, like that Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. Like it was forbidden. <laughs> um, but, you know, we were cool. And I remember when I moved back the second time uh, to Connecticut, uh, back on the East Coast, um, and started plugging in. Me and, you know, there was a time when I finally got Michelle's number. Yeah. <laughs> and we got to go on a bus together to a conference. And I remember how excited she was. <laughs> and I don't know when it was, but at some point we were just connecting. Um, and you know, this is when I was in a real low point in my life. Um, but I was starting to turn things around and, uh, I, and I'll remember it so vividly. Her, her business coach, uh, called me out on it. Like he called me and said, Hey, like I saw a photo that was, po- that you posted of you and Michelle, like what's going on. And I was so surprised cause it was just a photo. It didn't yeah. mean anything. Right. I didn't say anything. It was just a photo of like, Hey, you know, kick butt young entrepreneur lady, you know, kicking butt or something. And I, but I used the hashtag that they use. Mm-hmm. And so he called me 
And I remember I was with my friend Michael, I was in this park in New York City, and I was just so surprised because I was like, yo, he just called me. And, you know, he, he, was, he, was, he was very nice about it. He was just like, yo, you know, we live in glass houses and you got to take this photo down and, you know, you can't be talking to her anymore. Mm. And, you know, he was very, he was just like, I know you have a good heart, but like, we can't do that. Mm. Well, one of the reasons why he did that is because the environment that we were in, like he said, it's all very glass house type of thing. So me and Paul were in two separate businesses. We, all, we both had two very big businesses as well. And we were both single. So, you know, posting up two single people, posting a picture on social media using our hashtag, it just looked so bad in their eyes. But we didn't think anything of it. We, we just we just kept talking. We just really liked each other as friends in the beginning. I never... Yeah, I remember I know. got to go to your house the one time in yeah. the Bronx. That was awesome. It was like 3 a.m., we had just gotten back from a conference, I think. and Yeah, I was like, come on, come upstairs. I have food or something. Or I have, yeah. I have water. If you guys want water, I think you guys were driving such a long way. And then you had another two hours to go back home. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you guys should come upstairs. I have some water and juice and drinks. and Yeah. yeah. And I remember at one event where I got to meet your mom. Yeah. And it was so funny because <laughs> me and the guys knew, like, you had some kind of thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it was so funny how excited I saw your mom's like, oh, she's going to introduce me. And I remember how excited you were to introduce me to your mom. Yeah, I remember. I guess, you know, I've always I always had a little crush on Paul. You know, he would come to my meetings in New York and I, I, I was his favorite speaker, of course. All the other speakers would go on for two, three hours. <laughs> I don't even know why. Like it would that. start at eight and it'd be 11 o'clock. They're still going part one. <laughs> They're not even in part two yet. <laughs> Michelle's up there and done in 30 minutes. I'm yeah. like, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't never understood why people would, they used to call it show the plan. I don't know why they would show this presentation, the plan, whatever the hell you want to call it for two hours. It's just like, bam, damn, that's it. Like, this is how you get it done. But um, yeah, I think my, but my self image in terms of relationships was very low back then. My thought was like, man, if I can ever date a guy like Paul, that would be like amazing. But I never thought that I was worthy. Little did I know that you were going through all your those insecurities. I had no idea that you were insecure and had low confidence because I guess that's what the business does for you. Put on right? an act, if you right? Put on an act. Everyone's and doing it. Your act was very good because <laughs> I never would have thought. I it's, I hated coming to those events because I hated putting on an act. Yeah. Many times I would leave those events and I still had an hour ride home. And mm-hmm. there was a time where in 2014, where I would go to the, I'd be work, I was commuting into Manhattan from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I would go to work, leave work, head over to the meeting, have the meeting, leave the meeting, take a train home at one, two in the morning. And then I got to come back and catch a 7 a.m. trend the next day. Mm. And so I would just grab, like, I would just get drunk on the way yeah. home. I'd buy a bottle of wine and just drink. Wow. Because I was so unhappy. And on the weekends, I would just get wasted. Wow. I was so unhappy. And me, you know, being business owner Michelle Garabito, seeing Mr. Paul Nelson, never in my life did I ever think that you would get wasted on the weekends or that's get it. drunk on the way home. This whole, even now, we've been looking at some of the, you know, what they call the golden kids, you know, the people who are like, the oh most praised and sought after in these organizations right now. Yeah. And we've been able to see behind the curtains oh, and yeah. see that so many of them, the most, the ones that everyone reveres are the most unhappy. Their life's falling apart. Their, their marriage life, is falling apart. Their, their health, health is falling yeah. apart. Big egos, 
Like where we see this. Yeah. And not from a place of judgment, just from a place of, wow, that's where they're really at. And yet they're putting on this total complete act. And then like you're surprised <laughs> that someone like me or Michelle would be putting on these acts. It's right. like, that's what everybody's doing. I remember I have, you know, someone now who, who blocked me and won't talk to me. We, <laughs> we went to these, you know, other events outside of business to work on ourselves, mm. which is all about authenticity. Mm. And then we go back into this environment and then be in, and this person would just say to me, like, it's so hard. Mm. How, how After doing that, it's like, how do I go to these events where everyone's being fake and still bring authenticity? It just wow. like doesn't work. Wow. So, you know, perhaps it'd be good to understand like I'm, I want people to have a picture of where we were at when, yeah. when we were shut down and why I'm grateful. Like it wasn't meant to be then. It, it shouldn't yeah. be then. Like it had it had to, you know, we had to have that experience and it had to go go each other separate ways. Right. And for years to pass, like I and I want everyone to understand where I was at at that time period. I don't know when that was, 2016, mm. maybe 2017, where I was just, you know, at, you know, in 2015, that's when I hit rock bottom. And I moved back in with my parents again. Um, you know, almost got kicked out of business team because I was doing crazy things. I flew in the middle of the night to another country to tell a girl I loved her who was dating somebody else. Um, <laughs> Paul's a romance. Some... Paul's a romance. Yeah, and I remember, and I'm so glad to say this on this podcast, that one of my business coaches, a, a very manipulative one who pretends that th- that they care but does not. Mm. Um, be careful of these people. Yeah, please um, be careful. This person said to me, life is not like a movie. Mm. And I couldn't disagree more. Yeah. Life is like a movie. Like our life is a movie. Our life is a movie right mm-hmm. now. Just their life is not a movie. Right. Or their life is a nightmare. And I've just created a dream. Right. And I just, ah, such an experience. I was at such a low point. It had nothing to do with her. I was, at, it was a cry for help. I was so depressed and mm. lost and I needed help. And I felt like she was the only one that understood me. Mm. It was a cry for help. I needed help. And my business coach's only reaction were, you broke the rules. We should probably kick you out. <laughs> that was their reaction. Instead of, couldn't have been, are you okay? Right. Like, you could still say that. Why not, are you okay? Just so interesting how that was handled. Mm. So that was that space. I was just recovering from that. Um, and I was getting my life back together, getting out of debt, starting to get healthy together in 2016. Um, you know, trying to feel good about myself again. And I'll never forget. <laughs> oh, no. Are you going to say that I think you're going to say Yes. <laughs> I, I remember, like, again, like, listen to this. I was working hard during the day, finally holding down a career after quitting all these jobs and, like, hold, trying to hold down a job. And, you know, now I started working out at 6 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, I'm up. And I'm working out for an hour doing CrossFit before work. Then after work, driving, commuting at 5 p.m. after work, heading to New York City, putting on a, a suit, Heading to these events, yeah. heading back home, you know, at one in the morning to do it all over again, exhausted. And Michelle Garabito is on stage training. I don't need a man. I don't need a date. I don't. I don't go to the gym. I don't work out. I don't have time for that. And I'm. I remember talking to my friend Mark. Shout out, Mr. Rankin. Um, uh, um, he just. I'm just like Mark. What do I do? I'm finally feeling good about myself working out, and they're telling me not to. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I remember leaving the hotel, walking to my car, asking him this. And he just said something like, bro, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> don't listen <laughs> don't to listen me, Don't listen to Michelle. Paul. She don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> Look and at that chubby girl on the stage. <laughs> take advice from her. I mean, you know what's so funny is that they always put down people that put their health and their mental health and their 
personal well-being first before business. Yes, it's okay only secondary. If right. you're crushing your business and, and you're staying healthy and doing that stuff, then it's okay. Right. But if it's I'm getting healthy and feeling good about myself and then also doing business, then it doesn't work. Exactly. Right. So I remember as I started to get my life together, my business coach would just he kept he, he would always say, okay, let, like we're so that's so great, all this that. He's like, you know, but now you have to, you know, build your business so I can edify you. Exactly. Like, because you can't leverage me. He can't promote mm -hmm. me because I'm not building my business. Doesn't matter. I could be curing cancer. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So sad. Yeah. So back then I was crushing my business and not taking care of my health and not taking care of my physical yeah. health and my mental health. So that's why I would go on stage and be like, oh, if you're working out and you're not building your business, you're basically a nobody. But that that wasn't true i wish that i can work out back then i wish that i felt good about myself that was just an act that i had to put on stage so that way i can stay on the schedule you know i had to say what they wanted me to stay mm -hmm. what they wanted me to say how they wanted me to speak so i can stay on the schedule because exactly that's what gave me my confidence yeah you know that's i what remember gave me even everything. me like those last years i wasn't building it and right. they still would put me on the stage i mean i was at a small group who appreciated my energy uh and i remember when i went to an event where I purposely grew up my beard and like <laughs> purposely made them see that I'm a bit of a rebel that never again was I on the schedule and funny? I bet so much money that this one person went to this other person said don't put them on the schedule anymore of course because I that's exactly what would have happened mm. um, it's so funny so I just wanted people to understand this picture yeah 2016 2017 I was you know, I was trying to get my life together, but I was really falling apart. Mm. And I got I got cancer in 2017, and I really hit rock bottom again after all that. Mm. Um, and that's that's when I hit that rock bottom. And like that that time period, I think, is really when me and Michelle first connected. Yeah. So we first, just so people know, we met for the first time ever in like 2013, probably 2012, yeah. 2013. Yeah. Um, and then we we know we knew of each other all these years we started talking on the phone and stuff like that well through text like 2014 and then 2017 we were still connected paul got cancer it was i heard that he had gotten cancer through the grapevine i just couldn't believe it um i think i've reached out to you as well i don't remember yeah i i think i reached out or i had asked somebody by the way and i probably mentioned on my last podcast last podcast that was a powerful experience because you find out who your real friends are oh, of course when you go through turbulence yeah, talk about and that like the first person to come visit me is a friend i had just recently made really amazing you know and the first person to send me a gift were like a couple people on my team that barely had had any success mm. you know just you know only gotten started you know not that long ago mm. and like sent me it like one of them sent me this edible arrangements thing wow. and the first two people to be there were mark and michael like mm. right on my side spending the weekend helping me out wow. and, you know and while some people call i remember specifically some of my mentors didn't bother to call or text Boy. And I remember my mom noticing mm. and saying, why did this person call you? And I said, mm. oh, no, they're just busy. Mm. Yet that person had multiple times had called me when I messed up, <laughs> did something didn't agree with. Remember, ev almost every one of their conversations was them yelling at me, telling me I did this or I shouldn't have done that. Or, no, this isn't OK. You can't do this. Mm. Um, like on my 30th birthday, I wanted to have two of my great friends, downlines of mine, come visit me. And they immediately called and said no. You should know better. You can't do that. Insane. Insane. And of course, you having cancer doesn't benefit their business, so why would they call you? Exactly. 
That's why they didn't. I know, but that shows their real of character. Course. And that's just how they are, is that if it doesn't benefit their business, they're not going to call you. It's unfortunate. Anyway, that's 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 where I was at. Perhaps you could... I know you're... You know, people that follow you already know your story, but yeah. maybe you could help people understand kind of how... I kind of shared mine already. Yeah. Where you were at in that, like... Because I know things really started to turn around for you when? 2017? 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could help people understand start a little bit further and how you yeah. where you were 2016 2017 yeah well it's funny because a lot of people know my story when it comes to business mm-hmm. right and like my life and things like that um but nobody really knows my story when it comes to relationships <laughs> because i wasn't dating for a long time and i went through my i hate men phase of course and i just really never thought that i would be in such an incredible relationship or would get married in the future i never really thought so i this is going to be a first for a lot of people to hear like where i was paul actually went through my photos i have like 25,000 photos on my phone by the way and he went from like top to bottom i think it started at 2015 up to current and he just saw like that evolution and i like i showed him the guys that i used to mess with and he was like, wait, didn't you, were, were you messing with these two guys at the same time? And I was like, yo, that's just where I was. And it's just really crazy. But I'll, I'll bring it back to kind of like, I guess, younger Michelle in terms of relationships and where I was. Um, you know, growing up, any Hispanic family, they always tell you, like, got to get married young and you got to have kids young. And, you know, you got to do all this, do all that. And for me, I just never believed that that was going to happen for me. And I never was interested in having kids young, getting married young at all. I was just interested in getting out of poverty, making money, being very wealthy and successful. And then if once I became very wealthy and successful, if God blessed me with a white guy who has a beautiful family and you know then we can get married potentially maybe but if i didn't then that's okay and i was keeping my last name and that was that and that's that's just kind of how i saw things and i never really thought that that would happen for me but you know growing up in terms of that i just wanted to make money and that's the reason why i got started in network marketing so young like many people said i didn't understand what network marketing was i didn't understand the the business plan i didn't understand anything they said yo you sign up here you make money, you'll be wealthy. And like that dream, that thing, 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 that dream was like, yo, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to sign up here and this is how it's going to be done. So that was me. Um, for me, I always had a lot of confidence growing up. You know, I always believed that I can do anything, that I can be anything. I had a lot of talents. I had a lot of dreams, I had a lot of goals. A lot of my insecurity came when I started building my business and I hit rock bottom in 2017 when I just wasn't really growing the business anymore, mainly because I didn't love myself, like you said. So for me, I was trying to fill that void of love, everything that I was looking for, for me to feel good about myself, I thought that I had to find it in a man. So in order for me to feel like I'm worthy and loved, I felt like I needed a man to have sex with me all the time. I needed a man to tell me I love you for me to feel worthy and validated, not only through men and relationships, but also from my business coaches as well. Anytime I got praised by my business coaches, like that gave me a boost of confidence and I needed that boost of confidence for me to feel good about myself. And that's the reason why I was so obsessed with speaking on stage, because that's what gave me my confidence in business. I was so obsessed with being the number one person on my mentors group 
because that's what gave me my confidence. You know, I was so obsessed with recognition and hitting big ranks in the business because that's what gave me my confidence. And when I started to turn that around, especially when I was dating this guy, it was a very uncommitted relationship where I needed his love, like you said, and he controlled me. Like just like you were in a relationship, same same thing. He controlled my every move. If I didn't get a call from him, a text from him, if I didn't have sex with him, I felt so dirty and I felt so unloved and I felt so unworthy. And that's just where I was. And I just couldn't deal with it anymore. I used to get on my knees and pray to God. I wish that I can just be that woman that can love herself, that can feel that peace and happiness by myself. So that way I can just be free from this bondage of codependency and like being so obsessed with feeling that love. I was just so insecure. So when I went through that relationship, that uncommitted relationship, literally like this guy would have sex with me and be like, by the way, don't fall in love with me. (laughs) And it was like, what do you mean don't fall in love with you? Like sex is energy, right? It's like his energy was off. My energy was off. It was perfect. (laughs) That's just what I needed at the time. So when I went through that, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to turn my life around. In 2018, I started to turn my life around. But I started to date either way. Um, And I started to date different guys, mainly because I was trying to get over this uncommitted relationship guy. So that's that's how I got over the other guy is I started dating other people to get over this other guy. So I will never forget. I went on different dates and I went on this date with this one guy and he was like, you know, when you make a list or you start dreaming and visualizing what you want in, a, in your future partner. I was doing that in 2018. And everybody knows I've always been attracted to white men. That's just my preference. Paul is white. so I saw a lot of photos of guys you were with that were not white. Exactly. So. Isn't, doesn't that, isn't that funny? When you're not in the right space, you attract not what you really deserve or really want. So a lot of the photos that you saw with the guys that I was with, had nothing to do with like what I had envisioned myself to be with, um, which really shows that, you know, if there's one thing off about the person that you're with it, and you're just with them, it's like people are just settling. And I was just settling for just like, just a quick thing. Um, so I went out with this guy, I had met him at a networking event and I was starting to feel good about myself. You know, I took some time off of social media Um, I was still going through a lot of weird, narcissistic, manipulating issues in the business. So I was trying to find an escape. So I started to make friends outside the business, kind of. And I started dating this guy. He was, you know, Italian, had a beautiful BMW. I think he had a Mercedes Benz. He owned a real estate business. Um, He wined and dined me, took me to all the fancy restaurants, took me to the beach, took me here, took me there. I was on cloud nine. And from the first date i had already made the decision in the beginning of 2018 like i'm not gonna have sex anymore i'll date around but i'm not gonna have sex i'm just gonna focus on you know renewing my body renewing my soul my spirit and i feel like with that i'll attract the right person so three months of celibacy and i and i meet this guy so imagine my mind is like yes this is working so i stayed with my commitment and i was like i'm celibate just so you know but you know, I don't mind getting to know you and see if this could work out. He was like, yeah, 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 that's great. So first date was good. Second date was good. Third date, he invites me over to his house. So in his home, he had like all these positive quotes. He had books like how to win friends and influence people and like bringing out the best in people and all these amazing business books. And then I'm over here like, oh my God, he might be the one because he has all the things that I like. 
And we were watching a movie. He starts playing Disney movies. Again, just whining and dining me, right? Play Disney movies because I love Disney movies. And then all of a sudden, we start making out. And he starts unzipping my dress. And I pushed him away. And I was like, didn't I tell you that I'm celibate? And he kept trying and trying. And I kept pushing him away. I I was low-key having like a freak out moment because I thought he was going to rape me. So I kept pushing him away, pushing him away. And I said, I told you I'm celibate just so loud and he was like then get the fuck out my house and i couldn't believe it i was like i i thought i told him that i was celibate i thought this was the guy that i was gonna be with and i was just so confused and again my insecurities were so high that i literally drove back home that night and the next morning i'm calling him asking him if we're gonna go out on a fourth date like like i just can i wish i can go back and smack that michelle like bitch no there's no fourth date like you almost got raped so when i call well when i called him to about the fourth date and everything he literally said like i really don't think this is gonna work out it seems like you're really serious about the celibacy thing and i'm just not attracted to that i don't think this is gonna work out and blah, blah blah and i was just so shocked I said, after everything that we spoke about, we have so many things in common. We like so many of the great of the same things. He would ask about my family. I would ask about his family. We had such an incredible time because I didn't give him sex. He he shut down the potential relationship because he was doing all those things to get something. Exactly. And I couldn't believe it, babe. I was just like, are you serious? Like the hood came out. I was like this. This guy just literally shut everything down. And that was the beginning. May, I will never forget, May 2018 was the beginning of my I hate men phase. And the I hate men phase, I don't know if any woman has been through the I hate men phase. But I went through that phase so vividly. I will never forget. It got to a point where I was just so disgusted by men. I couldn't even look at them. And I felt bad because I have some really good close guy friends but i just couldn't even look at them i hated them if a guy got so if a guy got near me i would freak out and i would just talk so much shit about men that they were just nobodies that god wasted his time making them and that women are the best and like this world should just be full of women because men are a disgrace and i hate all of them and i would just talk so much shit my my best friend jarellis would tell you she would be worried about me because I didn't want any guys in my house. I even started to tell my mom, like, yo, you should really think about being with my dad because it's just disgusting what these men do. And I just went on a serious I hate men phase for like a year. And then I started to realize that maybe I was being a little overdramatic. And I started to really learn how to love myself a little bit deeper. And when I learned how to love myself, I learned how to love other people. But what really helped me to get out of the I I hate men phase was getting out of my coach's environment. And getting out of my coach's environment the summer of 2019 was like the first level of just incredible space for me. And I started to reconnect with my old mentor who's like a father figure to me who has a beautiful marriage, beautiful kids, beautiful relationship. And um, when I when I when he kind of saw that attitude of like the I hate men phase that I was in, he really told me he called me out on it. And he was like, there's definitely something wrong. And it just means that you're just very insecure and you've been really hurt and you just have to heal through that. And it's okay. 
So he gave me this book called The New Rules of Love, Sex, and Dating, which if you've never read that book, I recommend by Andy Stanley. Such an incredible book. And in that book, it just says that before you get into a relationship, before you uh, manifest and attract the right person for you, you should do a year of celibacy, a year of solitude, and a year to really be okay and happy alone. And I was already in that journey, but that book really just confirmed to me that I was on the right path. And yeah, I was just there. And then I just transitioned from, I started to read the Bible and really started to understand how God created men first. And, you know, um, I read the story about Adam and Eve and I just really started to just take care of myself so much that it got to a point where I transitioned out of that. And instead of seeing men as superior or better than women, I started seeing men as equals. And that's when I started to realize like, well, I technically don't need a man to be happy. I don't need a man to be this, but we are equals. If he can do this, I can do this. If he can do that, I can do that. And I went on this journey where I just focused on myself. I started working out consistently every single day. And people always ask me, how did you stay celibate for so many years? Did you get horny? Did you masturbate? I always tell them, honey, I worked out like six times a week. So I let it all out at the gym. All the moaning and the groaning and everything was at the gym. Um, And that celibacy journey and the solitude journey helped me out so much because finally my biggest prayer of being so okay and so happy being by myself, you know, not needing or wanting somebody to be on my bed and sleep with me, not needing somebody to text me or call me to find that happiness or feel that worthiness, I finally achieved that in it was about in 2019 that's when i really felt the most amazing quarantine also helped me out as well because i had nothing to do nowhere to go and nobody to see so it was wonderful but i went through a space where i i literally didn't date for three years after that italian guy i was just like i'm done not dating i didn't date i was celibate i didn't have sex and i wasn't messing around either a lot of people say like oh yeah no i'm single no i was single single like i had nobody in my dms if somebody was in my dms people remember on instagram i actually used to make fun of them and i used to like screenshot the conversations and like share people you know share these guys trying to dm me and i was just on today's episode of michelle hates men today we have johnny who's trying to message me for the past seven days and i have not responded And it was just every single day, I would just shut these guys down and I just didn't care. And I felt so good about it because for such a long time, I needed that love and I needed that attention for me to feel good about myself. But now there was just so many moments where I went out to eat by myself and I was so okay. I went to bed by myself. There were so many times where I was, um, I would be home by myself and I was okay. And this was a dream that I had for such a long time. Um... So yeah, so 2019 up until 2020, I was just so happy being alone. And I and I I really never thought that I would get married and I was okay with that. And I always used to pray to God like, God, if you want me to be single forever, if you, if it's just me and you in this earth, like I'm good. I can just travel the world, live my best life, make all this money, have my own place and be by myself. I was okay if that was my future and I was totally fine and that's really where it was before Paul Nelson, Paul Nelson enters. Well, before you get to there, let me yes. catch up. <laughs> um, so I can completely relate to all that. I mean, every every relationship I ever started 
uh, I knew it was going to end because I didn't love myself. Mm. I came into it needing that person. And actually, my first real girlfriend at the time, she was religious and she she was celibate. Mm. And I remember how much that bothered me because I really wanted to have sex and there, I couldn't. There you go, yeah. Um, I mean, we had fun, trust me, but like, I was really on it was difficult for me to accept that because mm. I wanted more yeah. and uh, I'm glad that she didn't and that we didn't um, and many relationships I never even started them first girl that I ever considered being in a relationship with she loved me so much and I didn't love myself so I was like I can't mm. I can't lead her on because I don't love me wow it was it was so overwhelming how much she loved me Aww. It was too much. I kept having to push her away. Oh, Paul, you're just so lovable. <laughs> <laughs> you really, Paul is just such an amazing human being. Anybody, anybody that really knows Paul just just loves Paul. So I, I feel bad for her, but <laughs> it's okay. And um, like the the girl in Jamaica, an amazing lady. Mm. And again, I was too afraid to put out to the team that I was interested in her and even give it a chance to make it work and to make it public and I just wasn't willing to do the work mm. and um, I remember when I was in New York City I started seeing this girl that I met on a dating app and she was a bartender very fun cool person and the thing is I would finish the events <laughs> at, at like one in the morning or whatever and then she'd get off work at like two. Oh my god or, and so I go or three and so I go pick her up We'd go grab, go to this 24-hour Korean place and have dinner at like 3 in the morning, 4 oh in the morning. Oh, my God. You know? And then I'd, and then she lived in Harlem. I'd go to her place. No parking. parking. It's the worst. <laughs> Especially at like 4 in the morning. It's like all I want to do is find a parking spot. Mm. I'll drive around for an hour. Because at oh. night, nobody's moving. Right. Oh, they all And many in. times, I'm just like, we just say, screw it. Just park in front of the fire hydrant. Did you get tickets? I never got a ticket. Really? But she was, she, it was right in front of her place, so okay. it's, we could like move it if we had to. Mm. And she would just be like, "Yo, I'll pay for it if you get a ticket, Aww. whatever." Um, and uh, she was a, a lot of fun, very cool. Um, and I remember I was living at home with my parents, and I didn't feel good about myself because mm. I'm living with my parents, and then like, how am I going to find a future bride or whatever, or find <laughs> anyone? And then I can't bring them back to my place, mm. you know. Because I wasn't living in New York. I couldn't meet somebody and, hey, let's go to my place. Mm. But anyway, and so one time I did bring her back to my, meet my parents. I wasn't trying to have her meet my parents. I didn't introduce her like, this is my wife. I was just like, this is the girl that I've been seeing. Mm. But I just wanted to hang out with her. Right. And we did have fun, actually. We had uh, we had sex in the ocean. First time I ever did it. I'm jealous. We haven't had sex in the ocean. It is awesome. Well, it was hello. her idea. She was wild. <laughs> She made me like we had sex in the back seat of her car. Wow, like, parked, I like her. Parked in New York City, and I'm like, this is like, <laughs> this doesn't seem like a good idea here. I was like freaking out. Somebody's gonna walk by. Oh my god. Um, but not- it was really really fun. <laughs> um, I like her. I, yeah, it was very very fun. Anyway, that was a funny experience. <laughs> uh, she grew up in New York, and so being in Connecticut freaked her out. She thought oh, people, really? like, because it's so quiet. She's oh, so used yeah. to the noise, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Damn, well, babe, anyway. there's an ocean right here. <laughs> we should end this podcast. We'll, right? we'll be back. <laughs> yeah, intermission. Um, and so, uh, and then as I entered, so 20, 2017 is when I, when I had my cancer, I had testicular mm. cancer. And um, that's, 
as I was trying really coming together and that's when really things started to turn around mm. right after that point wow um, and a big part of that also uh, was I was really beginning my internal journey mm. um, starting in 2016 I connected with this organization that Elliot was a part of um, that helps people really take charge of their lives and stop being a victim to their problems mm. and just look at like it's basically it was just a mirror for me to look at how I'm creating my life and I just saw wow I'm a victim to my past I'm not living in a way that's gonna attract a great person I don't love myself I'm blaming everybody else I'm evading responsibility and I started to see these things and I started to shift and let that go mm. and started shifting mm. to creating steps um, and one of the big things that they talk about at these events um, is around relationships, right? Um, they talk about how things always come to its lowest common denominator, right? So if I'm a whole person, right, if I'm healed in a great space and I'm dating somebody who's 50% towards being a whole person, right? They've still got things to heal. They're still not in a good place. They still have dependency issues, whatever it is. Right. If I'm a whole person and I'm dating somebody who's half a person, not it's not a judgment. It's just they're not they're not a whole human being. Mm -hmm. They haven't gotten their stuff together yet. Um, then it's going to bring me down. Then I one half times one is one half. So it brings me down. Right now, if it's a half times a half, which is what most of my relationships were, that's point two five. <laughs> So we just take each other down further. Wow. The only way for it to work is a one times a one. Which is one. Right? And so every one of these relationships I was in, it was 0.5.5 or whatever right. number it was. People who are not working in themselves are not in that space and coming together and it was not helping. <laughs> 0.25? That's what it is? 0.5 times 5. 0.5. 0.5 times 5. Yeah. 0.5 times 0.5. Because what you're doing is you're taking a half and dividing it in two. 0.25. Well, damn. Well, that's why there's a lot of relationships not working because there's a lot of halves out there. Oh, yeah. This is just an example. Right. Anyway, I started to see this and I started to realize I needed to make shifts. Mm. And uh, coming out of having cancer, I really started. I realized every time I took care of my health, my self-image went up and my business grew. Every mm. time I stopped taking care of my health, which is what they would teach in business, mm. don't worry about your health. Mm -hmm. Right. Every time I stopped caring about my health, my business would go down, my self-image would go down. Wow. So in this point, I was really, you know, I was taking a step back a bit in business and I started focusing on what really makes me happy mm. and taking care of my health. And so mm. I started running every day and I hated yeah. running my whole life. And uh, I'll never forget, I started November 2017 and for 428 days in a row, I ran a mile every single day through the winters, through the freezing cold with a flu at three in the morning snowstorms rainstorms lightning storms i did it in iceland i did it in honduras and i ran and i just started to have this build my confidence on myself and it just changed it started to shift i did the new york city marathon yep. and things started to shift internally mm -hmm. i wasn't mm -hmm. dating i wasn't looking for any of that you know of course i hoped but i wasn't trying i was just so focused on this right. inward journey mm -hmm. and i just continued to just beat that door and continue on it and and I built self-trust, mm. which created, which made, I started to believe in myself, love myself. Mm. And then 2019, I took that journey even further um, when I went twice down to the Amazon in Peru and I participated in uh, 10 separate ayahuasca ceremonies, five each time in the jungle. Uh, and that, I don't even have time to go through that. Mm. I have an, a podcast episode I'll release about that. Um, that changed everything for me. That mm. was just a total release of the past of all my beliefs of who I thought I was, 
um, experiencing all of my fears and just releasing that mm. and the deep healing it's so vulnerable you can't even imagine and the deep healing on the other side is so powerful and the first time wasn't enough I went back because I knew I didn't want to just experience it I wanted to integrate it which is a big part of plant medicine people don't always integrate they have a fun experience but then change nothing mm. and so that's why I went back that second time and I took it way deeper and it was way harder that second time um, and way the results continued um, and throughout that journey actually when I started had cancer uh, through 2017 2018 is when I had my last relationship an amazing lady uh, long distance she had a son she didn't speak English it was very challenging <laughs> that's why you have Espanol si, claro. <laughs> um, yeah my Spanish got very good at that point not fluent though and it was very challenging plus mm. the distance plus she's a son has a son plus she's an entrepreneur just I did not choose an easy one. Mm. She's just so great. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I started to realize, as I said, that I didn't love myself. And so she was giving me that love, right? Mm -hmm. um, she wanted somebody to be the father to her child and help her run her businesses. Uh, and I want someone to love me. And it was this exchange. Mm. Somebody said uh, to me, um, I wanted to be the, 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 the shite, the knight in shining armor. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to be the damsel in distress. She wanted someone to save her. I wanted someone to save. Mm. And at first it was working. And just slowly realized what she wanted, what I wanted were different. Right. She wanted, you know, I have a kid. I can't be doing all this crazy traveling. I have businesses. I have to grow these. I'm like, I just want to have fun and travel. <laughs> yeah. And just, I started realizing that doesn't work. And it was very hard. Long distance is hard of work. Um, and it was very hard. I was too afraid to end it. I dragged it on for a few extra months because I was wow. too afraid to end it, even though I needed to. Uh, and I had to block her for six months after because I was just like I, I was so dependent on her. I had to just I had to stop. Of course, of course. And so and then when I started talking to her again, her she it was like for her it was like nothing changed. She's like still holding on to this hope like he's gonna take me back. He's gonna take me oh. back. Uh, unfortunately, even now she still holds a anger towards me because she felt like I was her way out. Oh. Um. Like you, she never wanted to date someone from her country. She wanted to date, you know, of someone that she felt was of higher intellect. This right. was her words, not mine. Mm -hmm. um, and after I came out of that, I was so broken and I knew yeah. I had to heal. Of course. And that's so that's why I took 2018, 2019 and just went deep in that healing. Mm. And uh, it was powerful. Just taking it to the next level every year. 2019, I gave up my smartphone and started using a flip phone. <laughs> Paul has a flip phone. I do. It was very hard texting him sometimes. So. I, well, it doesn't matter to me because what I realized, <laughs> the big shift that happened to me is I started putting, taking care of myself of course. as a higher priority than anything else. Exactly. Yep. And they didn't like that in business, as uh -uh. you can imagine. But every time they noticed, like I was getting happier and yeah. healthier. And when I would do trainings, I would train at these events. I wasn't building my business really. Right. You know what I was training about? All the things I was learning. Hey, here's how to be disciplined. Hey, here's yeah. how I ran a marathon. You know, hey, here's, you know, goal setting. You know, <laughs> you were adding, actually adding value yeah. instead of teaching mechanics. Exactly. So you were doing, you weren't doing mechanics. And in reality, that's not really what builds a successful business. And I was sharing my passion. I was so relatable. I'd share yeah. about how all the stuff I'm struggling about. Mm. It was so healing. I would share. I was a beat, I'm a beatboxer yeah, and uh, I would beatbox good. on the stage and I they remember. would encourage it. Yeah, This one time I did it and some guy like in a suit gets, he's a, he was a break dancer. He just got up and started break dancing <laughs> as I'm beatboxing. I love it. I remember when you beatboxed at our meetings, I was, I was dancing in the back. 
Yeah. It was uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And anyway. he's a very good beatboxer. Yeah, very, way. very fun stuff to do. <laughs> great creative tool, yeah. creative expression. Shout out to my friends Mark Martin and Kayla Milady. Mark's my coach. I uh, love those two so much. Um, anyway, um, so that, uh, that continued on. And then um, I really just started to build this confidence in myself. And then fast forward to 2020. So now we're into the present. Um, I'm in this place where I'm starting to realize it's time to leave this organization, the business team. I don't need it anymore. I was so dependent on that organ. I need, I felt like I needed, I, I, my mentors, I, I desired their, their applause and feared mm. their condemnation. And mm-hmm. I feared losing this community because it was all I had. Of course. And so I was really struggling to accept the, you know, what, that I, that I was going to leave this. Mm. And, uh, my friend Mark Amos really helped me with that. Um, and I was at this point that I'm like really trying to figure out what to do next. And so, uh, in February I went to Costa Rica by myself, mm. um, I had just gotten my dream job. Yeah. Um, I just Talk moved. About, I moved out of my parents' house Talk finally. About what you do at your dream job. He's yeah. So, so good at it. So I. So things started to shift. I. Um, a lot of things. Uh, I got. I moved out of my parents' house. Moved to Denver, um, which is awesome. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Uh, beautiful guys. place. Being out in nature is just great. I got to film my first movie. I got to film a documentary of a kids' camp that we made for. 60 or 60 something kids from all over the world and helping teach them the stuff from uh, that personal development group I've worked with is mm. powerful. Um, I got to do all this hiking. I did another marathon. I did the Chicago marathon. And oh yeah, it's Costa Rica. And, and I performed on stage. Yeah. I was beatboxing and I felt like a real musician. Oh. I was so nervous at first and then I just kept doing it and doing it. Um, and uh, it, was, it was such a cool experience actually. How I did it the first time is I'm walking down the street. I just got there. I didn't know anyone. Mm. And I normally when I would see a beautiful woman, I'd shut down. That was my habit. Aww. And this beautiful woman, they were performing at this group. And I was just like, normally I would say nothing or do nothing. But that they're like, oh, after sitting there for a few songs, um, they're like, oh, anybody want to perform? Like it's open mic. And I just immediately walked up and did Aww. it. And I was so nervous. I hadn't performed in, in a long time. Right. But I was just like, here's my chance. And I got to connect because of that. And then after that, I performed eight times wow. in, a, in a week that I was there. This is in Costa Rica? Yeah. yeah. I was doing a detox at the same time, which is powerful. They couldn't believe that I wasn't drinking or smoking while in Costa Rica. But I was like, <laughs> nope, I'm honoring this freaking detox that I'm doing. Yeah. Anyway, and then in March, I went to California for work and stayed out there. And I got to hang out with my friend Hugh. Uh, we ended up going to, uh, you know, uh, California, Oceanside for a month. Mm. I started talking to Hugh about this, and I was afraid to, to really step away. Uh, and Hugh helped me guide through that through some great deep conversations. And I, one day I said, hey, let's record a podcast. Mm-hmm. And we went to Nevada after that. And um, one night we're just sitting out by the stars, and we recorded this podcast. And I was so emotional and so afraid and insecure about doing it. Because I knew I felt I would lose friends and I would mm-hmm. fear what they would say to me, that these me- what my mentors do. Because I always keep under the radar. Right. I, I like to you know stand in the middle. I don't want. I'm not a polarizing figure typically. Uh, and I felt so healed though to put mm-hmm. this out there. Um, and I was so afraid of what I would lose, but I didn't realize is what I would gain. Mm-hmm. And I gained so many people reaching out, thanking me, doing for it. And I found out the ones who didn't want to talk to me anymore they weren't my friends in the right. first place Amen. so what did i really lose nothing i just gained a lot yeah 
And um, from then on, you know, an amazing, you know, after that in Nevada, and then we went up to the mountains in Colorado, and that's when Michelle and Hugh reconnected. Yeah. I had heard, you know, my friend Mark Rankin had met up with, with uh, Michelle, and so I'd heard that she'd been working out. I'd seen her briefly at a conference, and I'd saw that she was looking good. <laughs> and, uh, um, and then when Hugh and her talked one time, we reconnected, and from there it just started. You know, it wasn't a lot at first, but I had a good feeling. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, something's happening here. I don't know what. And, you know, I was still seeing other people, and... You know, although I was I was still celibate, um, I wasn't intentionally celibate. I just uh, like I was seeing this girl that went it was you know went well, and I just didn't feel right. Mm. I was just like this. I, I became so in tune with my energy, and sex is energy; it's exchange of energy. Um, and uh, after that journey with Hugh, I went back and I did all this other traveling, and I went to Oregon for my birthday in <laughs> August, which was unbelievable. I loved that yeah. state. The land of waterfalls and i lived on an off-the-grid cabin with you for two weeks i loved it <laughs> so cool and in there michelle and i just started talking every day yeah. and it just every day i'd get off the phone after an hour or two and i'd say hugh it's escalating again it's escalating <laughs> again uh, and he was such a good influence on me he got me into yoga and meditation and you know we did a lot of hiking together and photography and just a really helpful human being mm-hmm. awesome person oh yeah um and uh that's when really started reconnecting at that point and i just remember as michelle has shared i after that weekend we really got to this next level and, and i think that's when it really we were talking every day after that mm-hmm. and that's when i suggested hey why don't you come visit me and you plan <laughs> this trip and then um and then i remember whatever it was 12 days you kept counting down the days until yeah. you come and then 12 days before, I'm like, why don't you just come now? Come a week earlier. You don't have to wait. And then within a few seconds, you're just like, okay. And mm-hmm. you did it. And uh, and then you did come and do that. I'll let you take over. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was really good, babe. <laughs> um, all right. So where was I? So we're in 2020 now. Yeah, present. So, so yeah, guys. I mean, I just was in a space very similar to Paul. I was... The more that I took care of my mental health, the more that I took care of my physical health, especially when I went to the gym and started eating right, and I started to read the Bible, and I started to really dig deep in my relationship with God and myself, and just like, I was just in such a great space. I just loved myself so much. I had such a great routine. Um, I remember working for the diamond industry in Fifth Avenue, New York City. That was a dream. I worked with so many different companies like Cartier and Tiffany's. I had my own office. I was on Fifth Avenue traveling to New York City every day, waking up at five in the morning, six in the morning, going to the gym, then going to the city and working with all these diamonds and all these people and looking at all these diamonds and meeting such incredible people in New York and you know, doing uh, diamond shows with Cartier and Tiffany and just literally just living my best life and i was still building business at the time um and it was going very well especially because i had a new coach and i was around better people especially when i had left my um, my sponsor's business team and i was just in such a great space and then enter covid 19 it 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 hits and i actually ended up getting furloughed from my job thankfully i had created other streams of income that um 
that was able to help me still stay afloat and I had sold my car in January so that lowered my expenses tremendously and then um, entered COVID-19 and I got furloughed and I was stuck at home for four months and that really even though a lot of people went through a lot of depression and anxiety for me because I was already in such a great space it actually heightened the love for myself and it heightened the the love that I had for my solitude and I just I loved it I honestly love the quarantine life I even though I'm an extrovert and I love being around people being quarantined in New Jersey really showed me how much I love being alone and it was just I was just so obsessed with it and I loved every minute of it um so during that guys like I just was not never in my life was not looking I was not interested i never thought that it was even possible or anything like that and then in may i had decided to leave the education system that i was in and it was an agreement between me a couple people my team and my new coach well he wasn't new he's been in my life for 10 years but um when i went back to working with ray rivera many of you guys know him they have a podcast on called heroic mentorship so um we all decided to leave this education system there's an interview that i explained why on michellegarabito.com so you can check that out and a week later i hear hugh and paul's podcast as to why they left the education system and i was honestly shocked guys because like i said paul was a very high ranker in the business i looked up to him and i thought that he was really an incredible leader i never in my life thought that he was going through everything that he just shared because well i guess he knew how to put on a really good act because i i just thought at paul nelson was just like wow so <laughs> so anyways um i couldn't believe it and then hugh who was paul's best friend that he was traveling the world with and did this podcast with Hugh was also a really high ranker, somebody that I looked up to, somebody that had such an exemplar business. And I just couldn't believe that the two guys that were what they call cross-line were like my cross-line, you know, buddies, the people that I looked up to who had massive businesses also left the education system around the time that I did. And I just couldn't believe it. So I remember reaching out to Hugh. We got on the on FaceTime at like midnight Eastern time. They were in California or no, they were in Colorado. And so they were it was like 10 o'clock. So he totally got on the phone with me and me and Hugh. So it was me and Hugh that spoke for three and a half hours. And then he was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm I'm living with Paul in this beautiful Airbnb. They had like a two story Airbnb gorgeous. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Hey, Paul. Like, of course, I know Paul. And Paul was just like chilling, living his best life. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Paul. But I was mostly focused on Hugh because Hugh, you know, this was his podcast and everything. And I was like, yo, me and Hugh going to connect. So then after me and Hugh finished talking, I was like, oh, yeah, Hugh, by the way, you can give Paul my number. Tell him that he can text me anytime um, now that we're out of the cult. And then a couple minutes later, I get a text from Paul saying, I don't need your number from Hugh. I've had it for like five and a half years. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey, Paul. Um, so that was like in May, June. And like he said, nothing too crazy. I, we weren't really talking much. I remember I went upstate to visit my childhood best friend in July. And it was really because Paul uh, had been posting so many pictures on about nature and hiking and all these different things. And I was just like, 
yearning to be around nature and waterfalls and Paul really inspired me so I remember when I went upstate I had sent Paul some pictures of me like in the waterfalls and in nature and I was like look you inspired me to be in nature and waterfalls and he was like yeah you look so good um and then yeah nothing came nothing really came out of that I remember in July he went to Wyoming and he went on a 10-day detox where he was no phone no internet uh, he was just eating nuts and berries. He was by himself off the grid in a tiny house in Wyoming. And he, uh, I remember he called me the day that he was going to like, as the sun was setting, he was going to leave. We spoke for an hour and I remember counting down the minutes with him <laughs> before he left. And then I just went ahead and started living my life. Nothing crazy. I remember we celebrated a combi's birthday in the rooftop with Mark Rankin and I was just telling these guys like, yeah, Paul, I spoke to Paul. He's doing his detox. But I was just living my best life, like my best single girl life. I was not thinking anything of it. I had a, you know, at this point, I didn't hate men. So I was like in a journey where I was, you know, overcoming that. And my my business partnership with Mark, and you guys know him as Mark Amos, who's also the co-founder of Authentic. My business relationship with Mark really inspired me because Mark is so in tune with himself, so self-aware, and he loves himself so much and has gone through a very intense self-healing journey that our business partnership was so beautiful. And anytime I called Mark out on his shit, anytime he called me out on my shit, it was just, we had such an authentic, true, incredible conversation. And I, he never, he never brought me down. There was never an ego battle with, between me and Mark. It was just always so serene. And I remember telling myself like, Yo, I never built a business with a man before, but yo, if every man can be like Mark that has gone through like such a great journey, man, any relationship with men who have gone through self-healing journeys would be amazing. And that's just what I started to think is like, man, I think Mark was the first person that started to share with me about his self-healing journey. And I was like, wait, guys do this? That would be amazing if I could ever meet you know, like being a, a romantic partnership with somebody that has done that. I just, that's what, that's what just what I started talking because Mark was just such a great friend and great business partner. And I always was like, yo, Mark, you got to really mentor these guys out there because you're just such a great person. I never experienced such an authentic, real, wholesome friendship like I did with Mark and especially in business partnership. So in August, um, Paul's birthday, which he had mentioned, he went to Oregon for two weeks with Hugh and another friend, I believe. And um, I, obviously I had called him for his birthday. And for those of you guys that know Paul, he is his most true, authentic self when he is in nature. <laughs> and when he is off the grid, off of social media, by the if he's by the ocean and in nature, he is his most true, authentic self. And in between those months, like we would talk, but it wasn't like nothing crazy. And I guess because he wasn't in a, in an area where he can be his true authentic self. So anyways, I called him on his birthday at midnight. Again, he was just, we started talking often. So I always treat others the way I've always wanted to be treated. So I called him at midnight on his birthday. And I don't know, for some reason I was, we spoke for I think like two hours and he was just very different again because he was in nature so he was like in his home and i was like "Ooh, i kind of like him i didn't know that paul was this cool 
So ever since his birthday, August 27th of this year, we were talking every single day without fail. I looked forward to talking to Paul and he would call me as well all the time. And of course I would call him as well. I always had this rule that if a phone call was not in my calendar, it's not going to happen. So if you call me randomly, I'm not picking up because if it's not in the calendar, I'm not picking up. So one time Paul called me and Jarellis was there and I was so excited that he had called me. Um, and then she was like, was he on your calendar? <laughs> and I was like, no. And she was like, what? You're picking up a random phone call and it's a guy? Who is this and what is going on? But I was just so excited. Every time me and Paul spoke, I was just, I started liking him more and more. And I was like, oh my gosh, if this is what I think it is, this would be great. And on September 1st, I recorded a video in my room saying, I am open to dating. God heal my heart. Guide me and lead me to the man that you believe is the man for me. But I think it's Paul Nelson. I have to show you that. I still have to show you that video, babe. So we started out talking August 27th, September 1st. I already knew that Paul was the guy for me. And in the beginning of 2020, when I surrendered my life to God and I told him, like, you lead, I'm going to follow. One of the biggest prayers that I said is for God to heal my traumas when it came to relationships and to heal my heart and to just guide me and lead me to great men in my life and enter Mark Amos, enter Hugh, enter you, enter Ray and Tamara, enter um, Noble and Kathy and all these incredible men, you know, men figures after hating them for so long, I started to surround myself and God led me towards men who reflected my self-image and my soul as well. So when Paul, when me and Paul started talking, I started to pray even harder and harder and harder. So he kept saying, come to Denver, come to Denver. And I was like, ew, I am not going to go to the other side of the world for you. Like, <laughs> I like you and all, but I ain't going to travel uh, to see you. He And there's something about Paul. He is very persistent, okay? Like, if he wants something, he's going to freaking get it. So finally, he convinced me to go to Denver. And I was already in a space where I was trying to leave New Jersey. Um, I was trying to find different places to live. I was either going to live upstate or I was going to be uh, live you know, some in Jersey shore. Like I just wanted to be by the ocean. I wanted to be by nature. I just didn't know where to go. And something told me to leave the, like to go to the other side of the country, but I didn't know where. So my dream was, my goal was to travel for a year to find a place where I, where home was and, and just to leave and to leave. My goal was to leave in August of 2021. God had other plans though, but I was just leaving. And then Paul, his invitation to Denver, I was like, you know what, this will be the start of my travels to see where home would be. And uh, when I went to visit, when I had finally booked my flight to Denver, I remember telling Paul, like, I finally booked my flight. I'm excited. I'm going to go for five days. And he was like, yeah, that's great. And I already had it all planned out. Like I was going to stay at an Airbnb and I was trying to ask Paul, like, okay, where do you live? I'm going to find the Airbnb close to you. Um, I'm going to visit you. I'm going to visit other friends that I have in Colorado. And Paul kept saying, like, you do know I have a two-bedroom condo here in Denver. Like, you can just stay in the other room. And I was like, ew, no. Like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. I'm going to stay at an Airbnb. And every time I said, oh, my gosh, I found a really cool Airbnb, he was like, you know you can stay in the other extra room. I won't charge you. Like, you can just stay for free here. You'll have a great time. And 
I just kept saying no, no, no. And then I, I stopped looking at Airbnbs because something told me, like, just stay with him. You'll stay in the other room. Paul's a very respectable man. He's not going to rape you like the other guy tried to do. And, um, and then the more that we kept talking, the more that I started to like this guy. We would watch movies together via Zoom. And we would always text each other and all the time. And it just, I started this countdown where I'm like, 10 more days, 11 more days, 12 more days. And he just couldn't deal with it. He was like, enough. Why don't you just come now a week early? So I went from seeing him two weeks to like four days. And then I was like, oh my God, we were just, and again, Paul's very persistent. So when he threw out the idea, we're on a Zoom call together and he's already looking at flights. (laughs) And he's like, oh, there's one over here. This one at 9 a.m. There's one on this time. And I was just like, yo, this guy is serious. So long story short, I ended up booking my flight or so I canceled my flight, went earlier to Denver and I was so nervous, but I was so excited because I really, at this point, I really liked Paul every single day we were talking it would just get deeper and deeper. It would escalate more and more. My heart got bigger for him. And I was just like, this is my guy. And I started to pray for him as an individual, as a man. Um, and I just saw like, God, if this is, this is your son, God created this incredible man. If you think that I'm going to be like his girl, his earth buddy here on earth that can travel the world and just live this incredible life with him, just give me a sign. Just please keep telling me. And every single day that I spoke to Paul was more and more confirmation that he was the one for me. So I went to Denver early and I stayed with Paul for two weeks. And you want to take it over from here? <laughs> so, so yeah, so I get on a flight earlier and then I go to visit Paul in October, beginning of October. So you can talk about how you felt when I booked my flight early and then I'll take over. <laughs> a few things that I want to add before we jump to Michelle coming to Colorado. Uh, one is, um, it's really significant to note this. Michelle came back into my life because I put that podcast out with you back in May. Mm. Something that I was really afraid to do, didn't want to do it, was so concerned about doing. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have manifested Michelle back in my life. So it took me doing something that was super vulnerable, something I was really afraid of doing, and then on the other side realizing there was nothing to be afraid of. Anything I lost, I never really had. They weren't really my friends. Mm. Anything I gained were people, I was bringing back friends into my life and of course, originally that was Michelle as a friend again, and now it's led to this. So if I didn't do that, I never would have manifested Michelle. Agreed. Which is pretty amazing. Amongst <laughs> so many other friends that have come back into my life. Yeah. I just, it really, like, and the healing that it has done. Mm. I just, like, even, you know, recording so far this podcast, I can talk about this stuff so unemotionally. Um, I'm just past it. There's none of this judgment or anger or upset or victimhood. It's just, I went through this. I'm grateful for it. I'm not upset at anybody about it. This is just what my experience was. And it feels really amazing reflecting on that. That was something I really want to point out. Another thing you had earlier asked me about my dream job, which is what I have now, where I work remotely for a small company, a marketing agency, which I love because it's one step away from running my own marketing agency, which is my goal, Mm -hmm. uh, which is what I'm already manifesting. Um, And this is just one step away where I get to still have a job and now I'm in partnership where I actually get paid based on the advertising that we do, which is even closer to having my own agency. Mm -hmm. And I work directly for the founder and owner and it's amazing. 
they don't care how many hours a week I, I'm doing. They just want me to do my job and do it well. Mm. And uh, it's just so exciting. And now they see my value and they're paying me to, uh, to, to create more advertising dollars and to perform for our client, of course, clients. Um, so now we can fast forward to Michelle coming out to Denver. You know, keep in mind, I hadn't seen her physically <laughs> in five, six years, although we'd been talking every day. I hadn't physically seen her. When I'd talked to her, yes, it would be for an hour or two over Zoom or over the phone, and then I'd have the rest of the day of no Michelle. Mm. So not only to have not seen her in five, six years, I haven't, I've never had the experience of being around her one-on-one, let alone one-on-one for 12 days straight after all these time. And so let's just say it was, it took some work. and uh i mean i was excited she was the one counting down the days for me i was excited about it and when she arrived she kept warning me you know paul i'm pretty high energy you know like are you gonna be able to handle this and when she showed up it was like it was kind of weird because it was i'm excited this girl's amazing and also i you know i feel like i know her and also i feel like i don't know you at all Mm. like we barely this is the first time we've actually seen each other to me it's like we're starting now Mm. this is a fresh start with you seeing me you kind of came in <laughs> with this mentality of, yo, I flew here, you know, yeah. I want to do something, like, we're here to be together. And immediately, we were very touchy-feely, and within a short time, wanted to kiss me. And I was so not about that. It <laughs> just felt wrong to me, because I said, you know what, something tells me this is going to be long-term, mm. and, you know, why would I, you know, let's make it special. And mm. it just doesn't feel right to just jump right into it. Um, and I remember you wanting to like have me sit on you right away and it just was like it was just uncomfortable for me because it was just it you know yeah. it took some time and uh, I could tell you were not used to people saying no to you yeah um, and uh, I did multiple times say no we're not gonna kiss and you didn't like it <laughs> and then eventually later that evening um, I took you over to a park near my house and it, the sun was setting and we're sitting near this water fountain and eventually I did kiss you um, and I think it was a very beautiful moment, and I'm glad that I did not succumb to the Garabito pressure. <laughs> and I think from day one, you know, something that I've struggled with is saying no to people and setting boundaries, mm. especially people who are very, you know, strong-minded, strong-willed, outspoken. Um, and then I played victim to, to those people because I would let them walk on me because I would set no boundaries. And it felt good from day one from Nashelle to see boundaries are being set, and that, and I'm glad that I did. Um, and, uh, do you want to share about that? Yeah. So, (laughs) um, I'll share a little bit on my end, my side of things. Same thing, nothing different. Yeah. Right. So (laughs) when I was going to Denver, just so you guys know the week, so I had changed my flight, like I mentioned from, you know, being like a 12, 13 day countdown to it being a four day countdown. So that whole week I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I it was just so crazy and I'm pretty self-aware and I know myself so well that when something really good is about to happen these are the I don't want to call them symptoms but these are the behaviors that I um, portray is lack of sleep so excited a lot of dreams uh, barely eating fidgeting just really excited so I kind of already knew that this was gonna be long-term as well and nothing was confirmed we just both had a hunch about it so i was just really excited i couldn't sleep at all when i got to the airport i was just so nervous 
you know, Paul knows I'm not a movie person. I watched like two movies waiting for the plane. I got to the airport like three hours before my flight. It was just like, I just couldn't wait, but I was also really nervous. And another thing for me is that usually when uh, a God, God's plan is about to manifest in my life, the devil does not get too happy about it. So what the devil does for me is that he starts to throw a lot of insecurities and a lot of fears my way. And that's basically what happened to me on the airplane going to Denver. I was just so afraid. Like I started having like these nightmare visions of the plane crashing and like me not being able to see Paul. And then I just started breaking down in tears. The poor lady next to me, she was like, hey, are you okay? Is it your first time flying? And I was like, no. I'm just about to meet a friend that I haven't seen in a long time and I'm really nervous and it's my first time in Denver, Colorado. I've never been here and she was just so nice and she was just saying all these beautiful things about Denver and it was kind of like the start of God sharing with me like this is going to be your home. These are the type of people you're going to be around. There's nothing to be worried about. So I was just so nervous and as soon as I landed, Paul sent me a beautiful message. He basically said, welcome home. And at first I didn't notice anything of it. I was just like, this ain't my home, honey. But I was just like, oh, he's so nice. And I took an Uber and thank God the Uber was like a 40 minute drive. So I was able to cry a little bit more and just super nervous. And Paul kept asking me like, what's your ETA? Are you here? Are you here? And then I was just like, I'm finally here. You know, we live on the 11th floor. So I had another 11 floors up to like just breathe. And I remember being on the in the elevator and putting like a ton of perfume <laughs> <laughs> That's why it smelled so good when you hugged me. I put a ton of perfume in the air, in the elevator, and I was just like, I was just so excited and so nervous. Finally, I get to the 11th floor, and Paul opened the door, and it was so funny because, like he said, we haven't seen each other physically in like six, seven years, five or six years, I don't really remember. So it was a little awkward for me because I was like, you know, in my head, I'm thinking business Paul you know, and we don't hug, you know, in business meetings. We, I only gave Paul handshakes. So my, the way that I see it, and I'm sure a lot of women can relate to this, is that Paul and I were talking every single day. There were even points where we were getting real sexy through Zoom. And, you know, I thought that because we were getting sexy through Zoom and just always talking and things like that, I was getting ready to jump on this guy and like make out with him right away because we had already like a month or so of just talking all the time. But Paul really set those boundaries straight up. He was like, no, honey. So I was going to kiss him. Like as soon as he opened the door, I was going to like make out with him. And he totally like dodged me. I was just like, what? Nobody does that to Michelle Garabito. How dare you? Somebody does. <laughs> so anyways, um, I hugged him and, you know, we hugged for a while and he was like, man, I don't think I ever hugged you like this before. And um, I don't know if we'll ever do a home tour, but as soon as I walked into Paul's apartment, I was just like, yo, this is insane. Like your place is amazing. I've never seen, I've envisioned and seen pictures on Instagram of like, you know, beautiful views of mountains and the city. But when you see it in person, it's just breathtaking. And the way he had his place, it was so organized, so clean. I was just like so excited. I cleaned for hours to prepare for her. <laughs> You're so cute. And I had bought him a hammock basically as a thank you because he, he let me stay there for free. I was like, I need to buy him a gift. I bought him a hammock. I shipped it to his place and he, it was already all set up. And 
we were just there and like he said i was just ready to make out with the guy like we were already talking for a while and paul was just not about it and something that i had to learn about paul was that he's the type of person that if it doesn't feel right if the mood is not right if the energy is not right he's not going to do it and he's a romantic he likes to plan romantic things out our our first kiss was just like a romance novel and i was ready to kiss him in his apartment and i was like really touchy-feely and you know i'm not physical touch but i just felt such a connection with paul like i felt like i had a string attached to his heart and it just kept pulling me to him and i've never had this feeling before and he was just not about it and i was so mad because i was like yo i flew out here from new jersey to the other side of the country to come see this man that's potentially going to be my future husband my everything my earth buddy my pal my everything and homeboy don't want to kiss me oh hell no nah. so um so anyways at, at the rest of the day i was just like i'm not even going to stress out about it like at the end of the day i'm here for me to really see if this is something that will fulfill my soul and will benefit us as a, as a partnership but also if it brings me extra happiness added happiness like i spoke about so um the the day was kind of going to an end and paul was like oh let's go to the park let's go for a walk and i was just like just still having a good time because he like made me food and he was just so awesome so we walked to this beautiful park and there was like people performing and doing all these things and i wasn't thinking anything of it the moon was shining so bright and we were in this park and we were just watching the performers and then Paul just kept coming closer to me and closer to me and closer to me and in my head I was like oh, is he gonna kiss me like this would be the perfect time to kiss me and a little bit he waited a little bit longer and then finally he kissed me and I was so excited and it was so beautiful and I remember he said isn't this better than making out with me in my apartment <laughs> And he was like, you see, now when you tell your friends that our first kiss was under this beautiful moon in this beautiful park with people performing, just me and you. Um, and then we took off our shoes and we were playing in the grass and we were and he like picked me up. It was like out of a scene of a movie. And Paul's just really romantic like that. And it was just awesome. Um, and I think one of the things that I noticed the first day that I was there and the, our first kiss was that Paul was very much himself. Like there was no... He was not afraid, he was beatboxing, he was dancing, he took off his shoes, he was just doing all the things that I've never seen him do because in the environment that I was in and that we were both in, there was just like being yourself was taboo. You had to put on an act. So I saw Paul put on an act for a long time. When I actually saw him be himself, I was so much more attracted to him, even more. Like I've, I've only heard him beatbox on stage once and he was really nervous and the fact that he did it in front of me i was just like oh this is so cool and and he was just dancing and just being himself and i was just like wow i really like this guy and then like he likes to put his hands over my shoulder and hold my hand and he was like picking me up and turning me around it was like out of a scene of a movie and um that first night was just really really special so you want to take over from and there? then i made you sleep in the other room right <laughs> Yeah, so that night, because again, um, I was like, oh, okay, so he kissed me. We're basically together. Like, <laughs> this is my man. Lies. The lies that I tell myself. And um, I remember he like, we were like cuddling, I think on your bed. Or we were watching something. And then I really thought that I was going to sleep with him. And he was like, no, 
difficult to the other room. <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, how dare he? He just kissed me. I thought we had this great energy. I was like, this is amazing. And he completely kicked me out. He's like, nope, you can go to your room now. And I was like, what? How dare he? So, yeah, the first night was, it was good. It was challenging. And I was also, you know, I feel like there was there was a girl that was on my business team. And she was like, the day that you find the man that can put you in your place is the day that you will know that he is the one for you. Because every relationship that I was in, it was like, I would say jump and these guys would be like, how high? And I would be like, six feet, please. And it was just that. I just controlled them. I was just like, I was just a controller. I was, I wanted to control men. I wanted to control people. I want to control everything in my life. And I never thought that I would find somebody who can put their foot down and not take no for an answer. And that was Paul. He like, he knows how to set those boundaries with me he knows how to be a man and and he's not an alpha male like he's not like a oh we gotta get shit done it's like he does it in such a gentle charismatic calm fulfilling way that i respect him as a man for that and it's just really powerful to see because of the way he does it and who he's become that has given me the opportunity to say yes no problem i would sleep in the other room and i respect that and i respect the fact that you also respect me enough to do that. So, so yeah, I was not really happy, but I'm very grateful that we did. By the way, I remembered a story that we said we would put on this podcast. Um, before you had come there, we were talking on the phone all the time. And one time you're like, all right, I got to go do this or that. And I was like, do you, boo? <laughs> just a con, anybody knows it's just a saying. It doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean that somebody's your boo. It's just because it rhymes <laughs> and it sounds good. And re- Michelle's reaction is, I ain't your boo. <laughs> and the way she said it was very funny. Just like, no man could call me their boo. Like, I'm not controlled by no man. Don't you be telling me what to do. You haven't put a ring on this. That was the way she said it. And I was just thought it was so hilarious because I'm like, it's just a saying. It doesn't mean anything. And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> had to get that story in there oh my god he loves that story yeah that was that was way before denver by the way we were just talking and he called me boo i was like i ain't your boo honey i didn't call her boo it was a saying um (laughs) anyway so this time in denver we've called the courting stage yeah um and i remember on the third day at night we were just laying and chatting and she's like what if i move here (laughs) wait pause what you gotta give some context behind the why don't i move here no context yes context because we you know we were courting which uh, for a lot of people had asked me like okay what does courting mean basically means you're talking to somebody because you know you're about to date them so you're just getting to know them on a deeper level because you know it's going to lead to you guys dating and then eventually getting married etc etc we when we started talking we didn't think that oh we're gonna try this and we're gonna see if this is gonna work out it's like no we're dating to eventually you know in the future get married and potentially have a family and build an incredible life together so when we were courting one of the things that we both did not agree on was long distance relationship so for you guys for those of you guys i know i was living in jersey paul lived in denver and that was one of the concerns that we both had so jersey girl so now you can kind of take over when we were talking he was just saying 
how a lot of uh, his relationships, well, his recent, not recent, but the last relationship that he was in was long distance and it just didn't work out. I personally don't agree with long distance either. The, the way that I see it is like, if we're going to make this work, I will make the commitment that I need to make to make this shit work. So now you can take over. <laughs> so, well, that's wonderful. It was our third day <laughs> and this was moving a little bit fast. I did not want to at the time, you know, this was October. And so she's like, what if I move here by December 1st? I had thought perhaps she would move in in 2021. They thought of moving in two months later or not even two months later really freaked me out. It was mentioned so early. And yes, this were my insecurities coming up for sure. And it was just a very big step very quickly for me. And I get that's how Michelle works. When she finds what she wants, she goes for it. She doesn't play around. I get it. Um, it really freaked me out in the moment. And then it took me after some time after I stopped freaking out, I, I really felt so, so good, so grateful that I'd never in my life had somebody want to actually move and live in with me. Um, and so I just felt so grateful that she would think this and say mm -hmm. this. And so uh, it took me some time and I, I let her know, you know, we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, we had a great time together, though, in those 12 days. And uh, yeah. what was it next? We went on that trip, right? Yeah. So the first couple of days was a little rough, obviously, because of our energies. I'm very out there and, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of energy. And we were together all the time, it which was, is a lot. Yeah. So I was, we were both used to living alone, yeah. and now we're suddenly together. Right. So it was very difficult because Paul and I were both single for... Well, I was single for nine years, even though I messed around with different guys. I never really had a committed relationship the past nine years. And I was celibate for three years. And I was on serious solitude, like no dates, no talking for two and a half, almost three years. So I was so used to being by myself and so used to being alone. And Paul was also in the same boat. Yeah, I've been celibate for two and a half years and hadn't been in a relationship in two and a half years. Right, exactly. And he's been living on his own for a while. He was traveling the world on his own. Um, he, we were just both on such deep solitude journeys. And then when we, when I went to visit him in Denver, we were together every single day, every minute also, of the day. Also, she was bringing the New Jersey energy, that go, 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 let's do this, let's do that, let's yeah. plan everything. And I was bringing that very chill Denver peaceful energy. And obviously there was, you know, conflict there. Definitely a lot of conflict. Paul is a go with the flow type of person. He's like a free flower and I'm a planner. And I'm like, okay, what are we doing at one o'clock, seven o'clock, six o'clock, five o'clock? And he got so overwhelmed by my energy. At the same time, I was also in the process of launching Authentic, <laughs> which was so much work, a lot of craziness. Oh, yeah, and that's the car thing. So yeah. one day we were running some errands or something and then I was dry and then I do this where I create being overwhelmed where I try to do too much mm. and so I was feeling overwhelmed already and then I'm like let's drive 20 minutes across town to go to Walmart to get some other stuff that we need to do and I'm driving through traffic and she's on the phone dealing with all the drama that was going on with authentic in that moment mm. and I was just like get me out of this car get me out of this car and I kept trying to push through and push through and eventually I just the first park I saw I just pulled over just got out of the car and said, Pete, bye. Yeah, he just left me in the car. He was like, bitch, this drama that you're creating, this whole new company, this New York, New Jersey energy, I can't deal with you. He parked the car, locked the door, and he left me. I did. <laughs> I just walked out and went to the park and left her. 
And I waited, I don't know, probably an hour maybe. Yeah. I just sat out in the park relaxing uh, until she finally came out. Um, and that we had a really, really good conversation at that point mm-hmm. um, where she explained what was going on and the drama that was being created and how she was handling it. Um, and I and I had to, once again, like help her understand what was going on with me mm-hmm. and the boundaries that I felt I had to set and what I would... and. And it was a very emotional moment, and I'm mm-hmm. glad that we had that conversation. Yeah, it was it was probably one of our pivotal, con- deep conversation. Yeah, because if that conversation didn't work, it wasn't it wouldn't have worked it out. It definitely wouldn't have worked out. Um, Paul was extremely overwhelmed. I was extremely overwhelmed, and I cry when I'm overwhelmed. And we're both empaths, standing over you, trying to explain to you like this was going on, and you was like, you remember? Yeah. And basically, like, bitch, sit the fuck down. <laughs> So I was just shocked again. This man is one of the only men that could be like, sit down, you know, and I'd be like, yes, sir. <laughs> but we had a really good conversation. I think it was the, the stepping point or the a stepping stone into us realizing how important communication is. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I was very, very grateful. that Right way. in the beginning of the relationship, what all this created was just extreme vulnerability on both of our halves, mm. which both of our sides, which opened up the door for us to have these really important conversations and be super authentic right away. Right. And this was, I think, the first major one yeah. of that. That was the first major one. So after that, um, I remember he was like, can you do me a favor? Because you're in my you're in my home, you're in my space, and you're creating, you're adding extra drama to the overwhelmingness that I already have the rest of the day he had such he planned a beautiful day we went out to lunch and then we went to the rock climbing gym and he was like can you do me a favor and just shut off your phone and that's one thing about paul is that he's really good at unplugging especially when he's overwhelmed and i'm not good at that when i'm overwhelmed i just plug in even more um so he is not about that life so i was like no problem you know i respected that boundary that he set and it was also very helpful for me because I was already super overwhelmed with all this drama that I was having and starting a new company and potentially being in a relationship and potentially moving across the country. And I had to tell my roommate and my family. It was just so much. So I turned off my phone. We had awesome lunch and we just continued to talk. Um, I We did the rock climbing together and then we had a really great time at the end of the day. So yeah, so yeah. yeah, that was fun. And then was it the next day that I took you floating? Was it? I think it was maybe a day or two you took me floating. That's when I took you to the sensory deprivation tanks for the first time. Yeah. And that's when you forgot that you had a call oh, right after. And so the moment you got out of this peaceful, relaxing tank, yeah. you have to hop on a really stressful call. Yep. Um, which was very interesting, and you handled it very well. Yeah. Uh, I remember you, you were in the shower and heard the phone ring. I had to turn the shower off and answer. Yep. And... Uh, because you were you were late to this call that you wanted yeah. to be on, um, and uh, I remember we had right before that we were really I don't know about arguing but we were in this tense energy. Mm-hmm. Another one. Uh, another one of those spaces again, and uh, afterwards we went and got food, and that's when we had a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like again I had to make it clear: here's where I'm at, here's what I'm experiencing, mm-hmm. um, and setting boundaries around certain things. I don't remember the exact conversation. I, I just, do. You do? Okay, then you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, after the floating, I was super stressed. We kind of had a little bit of an argument. Again, it was just... He was just very... I don't know. I think he was very, just very overwhelmed. We were both really overwhelmed. So, 
I went to this thing, had a call, crushed the call. And for those of you guys that have never been floating, things come up. Your thoughts come up. Thoughts come up. And one of my biggest concerns was like, okay, what is it that I want to do in my, with my relationship with Paul? So I remember him mentioning to me that things were moving too fast. So I was like, you know what? He's right. Why, why am I rushing? If this is the guy I'm going to marry, there's no need to rush. So I remember coming out, we had a really good conversation. I was like, yeah, you know what, Paul? Maybe we can core, we can date. And then maybe when we get engaged, I'll move in with you. And he was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's when you were like, oh, no, no, no. I wasn't saying when we get engaged. No, I don't believe in that. Yeah, so. I just think there's steps. Right. And it felt like in your mind, we were already married. And to me, we were just courting. Right, And it right. was too much pressure, it was too much. And I already obviously had my insecurities around a committed romantic relationship and it was just like for me to heal through that it was helpful to take steps right and you're like forget the steps this is how i'm treating you and it was too much for me right exactly it was really overwhelming right so when i went to that float that also popped up it was basically god was telling me like slow your roll sister girl like just take your time and when i came out the flow it basically helped me get on the same page as paul like yes let's let's take it step by step we're courting right now let's enjoy this courting stage we're having so much fun um, and then we can take it from there. So the floating really helped both of us get on the same page, basically. Yeah. It was really, really And then great. was it after that we went on the trip? Yes, then we went and on the And then we rented an Airbnb, um, which just was this, like, really cool place out on a farm, and it was really nice, and we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And uh, we show up, and uh, we go in the room, and I'll let Michelle share. Yeah, so... I posted about this before. I was obviously praying a lot for Paul as a person. And when I got to Denver, I kept telling God, like, continue to show me signs that this is the man that you want me to be with. Like, always, like, every single day, just confirm that this is the guy. This is the guy. So this is going to be the first time that we were going to go away together and sleep in the same room together. So it's another big step into our courting stage. So I was really nervous about that. Obviously, he was nervous about that. And then I was like, God, continue to show me that this is the guy. So we walk into this beautiful home. I mean, it was just insane. And we stayed, uh, this woman, she has like six rooms Lorraine. in this home. Lorraine. Shout out to Lorraine if she ever hears this. We love you. So um, every room has a name for it. And we stayed in the tranquility room. And I feel like that was an, one confirmation to just stay tranquil, just stay calm, relax. Everything is going to be fine. Um, and also Paul exudes tranquility. If you ever meet me him or be around him he's just very tranquil so as soon as we walked in all over the room there are bible verses and the one bible verse that stood out to me the most was the corinthians one love is patient love is kind and it was just everywhere definitely proverbs was everywhere all these bible verses was everywhere in the room that we were going to sleep in for the first time and paul was like man i feel like this home was like made for you it's so awesome so yeah at one yeah. point i go out for something for work I was on a or I was on the phone or something yeah and I come back and Michelle is just in tears with Lorraine yeah you know and I get they were praying together like it was a very beautiful experience yeah. so beautiful the the lady that owned the Airbnb she was she was a Christian and she was just like all she was just so sweet and so loving and immediately she fell in love with me and I fell in love with her and I was I just asked her to pray for me and Paul's potential partnership and she was like, oh, honey, you know right away when when he's the one for you. 
and she was married for like 43 years with her husband and she was like i definitely think he's the one because paul and her were the ones communicating um because paul was the one that booked this incredible trip and then um i was like can you just please pray pray for us and she just prayed this beautiful prayer over me and paul's relationship that it just touched me so deep in my heart that i just bawled out crying and she was in tears and she was just so sweet and then paul walks in as soon as i'm crying and he was just so confused he's like what happened here and then uh lorraine she was just so awesome she was like she's the one she's so great so yeah Mm-hmm. yeah that was a fun experience yeah it was definitely adjustment sleeping in a bed together oh yeah how was that experience polly <laughs> first adjustment. night for yeah it was definitely an adjustment but then I remember I was nervous because Paul, one thing that he kept saying to me our whole trip was like, I love being alone. I love my solitude. I'm so great alone. I do. I love being by myself. And I was like, okay, so do I. And I don't keep saying it every single day. So I just, I was just really nervous that like sleeping in the same bed with him, he was going to be like, fuck this shit. Like, this is too much. I like being by myself a lot. And then the first night, he well, the first morning we were together, I was so nervous. Um, he turned around and he was like, oh, I can get used to this. <laughs> I don't remember that. I do. I enjoyed it, though. And we had a great time up there. We went and walked. Uh, we went to this park and walked around this big yeah. lake. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And then the next day we went back and that was a significant moment mm-hmm. when it was much colder and windier that day. So there are very few people and we did the walk anyway. And you were dressed up in my hoodie, and you looked so fly. <laughs> um, and uh, we were just rolling around in the grass, yeah. and we just had so much fun. Yeah. Like it was such an amazing experience doing not much. Right. We weren't really doing much of anything, just walking right. around this cold, windy lake. Yeah. And that was just a really cool experience. And I remember having. I think that night we went out for. We went to the oil thing. Oh, I got yeah. that Airbnb experience with the oil and vinegar thing. Of course, I aced it with a <laughs> date, and we got some great food, and I remember hanging out with you sitting on my trunk, and we were just, like, hanging out together. Yeah. It was, a, it was beautiful, and I f- started to feel getting closer and closer, and then um, then as that trip ended, we headed back home, and then that's when we ra- started heading towards the last couple of days. We had yeah. we went back Sunday, I think, mm-hmm. and you were leaving Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and so I took off work. Or I took off a half day on Monday. So I worked in the morning. Oh, no, we left Monday because mm-hmm. you were leaving the next Tuesday. Day. Yeah. And so we, I took off and we went to Rocky Mountain National Park. Yes. And I took you on a hike. Well, on the way there, we got into a little bit of yes. another heated conversation. And so you were pretty upset because you had been wanting me to ask you to be your girlfriend already. And I wasn't willing to because um, I wasn't going to succumb to that pressure. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it was just overwhelming me again. And so the, we were driving to Rocky Mountain National Park, and as soon as I see we we're right next to this river, I just pull over and I just walk out and say I'll be back. And I go down to the river and I just hang out for a while because I just needed to like I was getting overwhelmed again, um, and I knew that I needed to help her understand where I was at, where I was in this space where I didn't want to talk about it, and I was feeling overwhelmed and. I was just, I had a lot going on and she didn't seem to understand it. She kept taking it personally, like it had to do with her when it was just me mm-hmm. and I needed to be alone in that moment and I needed my space for processing because that's how I process. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, you need to talk about it. And it wasn't avoidance. It was simply, I needed to process it because so, that's how I, you know, I emotionally feel things out and then I talk about it. Mm-hmm. 
And so after going to nature, taking some time, I finally had this really good conversation with her and helped her understand, here's what's going on with me. It has nothing to do with you. You know, here's my feelings around us. Like, let's not rush it. You're putting a lot of pressure on me. Let's just have fun. Let's just enjoy this day. Let's stop thinking about all these things. Hmm. Yeah. So on the way to the Rocky Mountain, I was just really upset because we just had such an incredible weekend. And like he said, we that walk on the on the lake and the tumbling in the grass. And it was just so perfect. And I... I was just like, what is taking him so long? Why hasn't he asked me to be his girlfriend? Like, this is why we're here. I was just so upset. And I was just like, I remember just getting on my knees and praying like, God, please. Like, I don't want to waste my time. If this is the guy you want me to be with, tell me already. He will ask me already. What is going on? So then um, I was just so scared because the next morning, Paul just woke up in this weird mood. And again, I'm an empath. And I felt he didn't have to say a word. And all my empaths that are listening to this, you already know. People don't got to say a damn word. Like, I just feel the wave of energy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, something is off. Um, He doesn't want to be with me anymore. He's going to tell me to leave today. Oh, my God. And I was just so nervous. And we were in the car. And he was super quiet. That insecurity had nothing to do with me. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, it was just my insecurities exactly. of my past popping up. Exactly. Exactly. So it wasn't Paul that was bringing up those insecurities. It was like my past relationships and like the, all the uncommitted relationships I was in, all the toxic people that don't know how to communicate that I was in relationships with, all that came and up. And our previous issues with men, which I felt like this this real concern like uh, for men, can I trust them? And I felt that. Right. Exactly. And I just felt like, I don't know if I can trust you because you keep changing your feelings. And I was just, I'm sure a lot of women have been in relationships where like the guy is super inconsistent. And that was one of my biggest fears. And I communicated that with Paul. It was just like, I hate inconsistency in attitudes and behaviors. And I just felt like there was a little bit of inconsistency there. Well, and again, as I've explained this, it wasn't that I didn't want to be with Michelle. It was, this was me at really overcoming one of my biggest insecurities this commit you know worthiness of being with an amazing woman and being in a committed romantic relationship and so much was coming up for me and while i was trying to process it's michelle's pushing it fat harder and harder and harder and is overwhelming and so some days i would wake up just really overwhelmed and not in a good space where i just want to process and look yes i understand that in that space it's easy to just avoid dealing with the problem and so Michelle pushed me past that. And it was just, that was it. Just some days I would feel super overwhelmed. Some days I would come back. And so I understand why from her point of view, it felt inconsistent. And what I needed her to understand is that it really was not her. This was me and my process of overcoming what I was in, being insecure about. Right. And this is why communication is important, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Because I never in my life would have thought that, you know? And it's- that's why how in 12 days we were able to get so deep yeah. in understanding, like, what's really going on with me and what's really going on with you, right? Because right. if I haven't created something in my life, it's typically because there's some belief that's blocking it from happening, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, as, I, as you saw, I've wanted an amazing romantic relationship. And this belief that I couldn't do it, that I'm afraid of it, that I'm not worthy of it, whatever it was, right? That was the block. And I had to release that in order to open this up. And you were pulling me through it, Mm -hmm. right? Or, you know, gently pushing me as I'm like stumbling my way through it. Right. Because that might, you know, that that old program kept coming up of like, no, you can't do it. And you would keep it. Let's talk about what's going on. Right. 
Um, and so, yes, that's why it felt like two people at one time because it would be me and then be the me when my program is trying to pull me backwards. Mm. And in that space, it was very overwhelming. And that's why nature helps me so much when I'm in that space. Mm. And I'm very aware of where I'm at and how I feel when that's coming, when I'm in it. Um, and so for you, obviously, that you didn't understand that. And so right. for you, you were taking it personally for your own insecurities that didn't have anything to do with me. Right. Right. And so that chat that we had sitting by that river was very pivotal. And I feel like it cleared the air so then we could go enjoy the day. Exactly. So he finally explained to me what was going on. And I finally understood. And I think the last thing I told you is like, I get it. But can you do me a favor for move now for moving forward? Anytime you feel like you need to be alone, that you need your space. Can you just please tell me like I would give you all the space in the world. I just need you to communicate with me when you need to be alone and when you need your space. And I think that that was very helpful. So Yeah, so that was a great convo. Then we went on to our trip, and uh, we get there, and it was super windy. So windy. It was actually a warm day for being in late October, uh, or whenever it was. Uh, it was warm. The thing is, we were really way up high in altitude, and it was really, really windy, like crazy mm-hmm. gusts of winds. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go on the hike, and the first mile or two is a lot of people because there was a cool waterfall. But we're going, our intention was to go way past it to this further hike. Um, and uh, uh, and we did. We got uh, all the way up to this, this cool lake. Uh, and then the idea was to go to this even further lake up mm-hmm. this ice path. And along this time, we're just having amazing conversations the yep. whole time, deep conversations. And it got very vulnerable and very genuine, authentic. And I just, I felt so much like after this that all of my insecurities were fading away mm. and I just felt so accepted and loved mm. and supported and I felt I could just be myself around you and talk even about all of my insecurities with mm-hmm. you and to just have this wall of love and no judgment and I get you and I relate to you and I just started feeling this and as we're going up it's getting icier and icier like legit like the steps <laughs> are covered in ice the rocks are covered in ice and this was Michelle's first you know hike like this yeah um, and uh, so we had to be very careful and I don't know what it is after one you know after the conversation just got so deep I just felt so loved and mm-hmm. I felt like wow I'm really not a logical place I'm really falling for this girl like I want there to be more here and yes I'm scared and I'm insecure and I don't know where this is going and I want to find out mm-hmm. and I just I was you know I come into this place like she kept saying when are you gonna ask me to be my girlfriend when are you gonna ask me which is so funny because <laughs> after our first kiss she should have known that i'm a romantic and yeah. i'm gonna do something special yeah. and yet she doesn't figure out that i had this big pipeline for the last day where i was like if it feels right i'll ask her hmm. and in that moment after we just had these great conversations i just felt this energy and i was like i'm really falling in love with this girl and so at one point i just turn around and i just look at her in the eyes and I want to tell her, like, I'm falling in love with you, right? Like, will you be my girlfriend? And I was just, the words wouldn't come out. Yeah. And we were there for probably five minutes yeah. of me just staring at her. She kept saying, what, what, what? <laughs> uh, and it's so funny. I'm, I'm thinking in my head, how can you not know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I think she was in tears, like, because I wasn't saying anything. I, I, the words just would not come out. Hmm. I just could not get the words out. And eventually finally I just say I'm falling in love with you um, and she just was crying and then I said I'm falling in love with you and then I don't know why I just felt called I got down on one knee and I said will you be my girlfriend <laughs> uh, I don't know why I just felt like 
so special. Yeah, it just felt like a real commitment, and it felt like it deserved me doing that. And I also have never done that before. So. <laughs> and I just remember you just burst into tears. Oh my god, I was done. Like I just like I don't know. Like I just pulled you out from a burning car. <laughs> like it, it, it was an overwhelming crying, and it was wonderful. You know, and I'll let you share about that. Yeah, so we were going on our hike, and we were just having such deep, deep, deep conversations about family and how we grew up and our parents. And, you know, he was talking about his best friend, Elliot, and, you know. Oh, yeah, um, we went deep into our conversations yeah, and business. Yeah, we went really deep. And like, like he said, like, he just went so deep and so vulnerable of his story that I was just like, give me more like i'm so obsessed with authenticity and and vulnerability and and paul is so in touch with his emotions and his feminine side and i was just like oh my god this man is just incredible and then i started getting deep of my childhood and you know why i i see men as equals and and all my past relationships and the and the controlling relationships i was in and all these crazy things and at this point i was just like you know what if he doesn't ask me to be his girlfriend, it's okay. As long as, you know, I had such a great time. But deep down inside, I was still hoping and praying because, again, this was my basically my last day there. I was leaving the next day, and he still hasn't asked me, and I was just like, what the heck is going You'd on? You'd already given up at this point. I was already given up. I was like, you know what? If it doesn't happen, at least I had a wonderful time. And I'll just continue with my life. I was already super happy. I was just planning to travel the world and just be free and live my best life. I was, I was like, whatever, it's, it's fine. So we just kept walking and laughing and talking and taking photos and throwing ice at each other. And we were just having such an incredible time. And then, like he said, he won, at one point, again, I did not see this coming. He just turned around and just looked into my eyes for like five minutes. And he couldn't, he just couldn't, he, he kept mouthing like, uh, uh, and I was just like, what the heck is he wanting to say? And I was like, and like five seconds before he said, I'm falling in love with you. I was like, oh my God, is he about to ask me to be his girlfriend? But he said, I'm falling in love with you first. And then he gets on one knee and asks me to be his girlfriend. And I was bawling. I swear I had mucus coming out. I had she tears was. coming out. I I probably had tears out my ass coming out. Everything was coming out. I was just like, oh my God. It would be an honor and a privilege to be your girlfriend. It was just like, I was just like, I I am worthy of this incredible man. And I will say yes a thousand times more to be in a committed partnership with this amazing human. And I was just so excited and all my prayers came true and more confirmation just started happening. And I was just like, oh my God, after nine years of being single and you know, dating terrible guys and, you know, just having these misconceptions about men. And I just never in my life thought that I would be in a committed relationship with such an incredible human, somebody that's serious about marriage and having kids and building a life together. And never in my life thought that I would be a wife one day, never thought that I would be a mom one day. And that's something that Paul has been opening up about. And I just never thought that that would happen for me. So when he asked me to be his girlfriend, I was just in so, I was in so much shock and gratitude and happiness and so humbled by the question. I was just like, I was done. So we finished the hike and we almost got to the top. It got a little dangerous Yeah, it got too icy. Even me, the risk taker was like, this is too icy. We don't have the proper equipment. We got to watch the sunset. Yeah. And then 
We got to walk home for miles in the pitch dark. Five hours. It was not five hours. Yes, it was. It was not five hours. It was like four. No, it was two or three hours at the most. Holly, babe. No, it was No, not. it was four hours was back not. down. I do not think that's accurate. Uh, Dios mío. But it was pitch dark, so we got to see the stars so well. Oh, yeah. And we're pretty sure we saw a UFO. <laughs> um, and it was just beautiful oh, it was insane uh, Michelle had never seen anything like that and I hadn't planned on that um, and it was just so great and uh, of course Michelle went home that next day and I think we're gonna stop it there that's <laughs> that's gonna be part one yeah you know something I'll share about it is uh, it's what I always wanted I mean my biggest dream I had just done something I they call the completion series about looking back at like being complete with my past and what do I want to create in the future mm-hmm. and they said what is your number one goal in the next five years and I said to be a father and a, and a husband mm-hmm. and uh, um, I had even done a reading with my friend a one-year reading in like February I think it was mm-hmm. February March mm-hmm. I'd done a reading with a friend of mine for one like it was like a 90 day whatever and then mm-hmm. up to one year mm-hmm. was one of them and I had seen myself the following February, March, somewhere in Latin America falling in love. Mm. And it's amazing because now we've created that. We'll, we'll be in, you know, Chile. We'll be in Chile in February. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're doing. Is that not, it's, it's crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, same thing here. It's just a lot of insecurities of just not thinking I'm worthy, you know, thinking that no one will accept me when they know my insecurities, that these are these fears are real and as I just opened up none of it was real there was nothing to be concerned about you just love me and accept me for who I am and you know I had concerns which I expressed like having to set boundaries which is something you pushed me to do Um, and uh, um, uh, you know I always wanted to be with a Latina girl and I've just always been attracted to the beautiful curves and the direct you know personality and the fun culture um, and the close tightness of family that they have um, and you know some of my biggest concerns you know which we'll talk about in the next uh, part two um, you know we're around you know religion mm. you know and how you've been celibate and we're gonna have to wait till marriage and then you know are you're gonna be concerned if I'm not you know you know if I don't if Jesus isn't my savior mm. um, or if that's not what I believe is a better mm-hmm. way to say it mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was concerned about, you know, having you move out here so quickly. Mm. Uh, you know, that was definitely a scary thing. And um, obviously the boundary thing I said, you know, and um, I'm just so grateful because I, I manifested what I wanted for so long. I'd been working on like healing myself so that I can create that. And, you know, the title of the next episode which, or part two, which we've discussed as, you know, my happiness creates your happiness or our happiness Mm -hmm. my happiness creates our happiness is that each of us created happy lives loving ourselves being happy in solitude and so that's why we can come together and multiply our happiness because it's like one times one Mm -hmm. we're both creating wholeness for ourselves individually Mm -hmm. and while i miss you when we're apart i i love being alone and i love doing things on my own and same thing for you and then when we're together it's wonderful And being able to set those boundaries with somebody so direct as you has been so healing for me Mm. and saying things like sleeping in the other room when I need you to do that and when I need you to say, hey, no more planning or hey, turn off your phone. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for part two and we get to share about what it's been like for 
three months together. Yeah, I'm so excited. So, yeah, the hike was amazing. He asked me to be his girlfriend, and we were just starting to plan our lives on the on the drive back home, which I was again really nervous about, really excited because he's like, yeah, and bam, 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 and we'll talk about that next, but. Yeah, part two is going to be amazing because we're going to dig deep on the religion thing. We're going to dig deep on, you know, sex and um, children and having kids and marriage and, you know, leaving everything, my family, my friends in Jersey and moving to the other side of the country and how that's been and traveling with Paul and everything that we've been learning. So we're so excited about it. So awesome. I love you. I love you, too. Mm -hmm. all right y'all we'll see you guys in part two peace out